Let's just get right into it. Not even an intro, but yeah. <laughs> no, welcome back, James Cameron's um, Avatar. <laughs> no, um, M Night Shyamalan's. Yeah, Avatar. yeah, yeah. We're gonna be talking about. So we're not talking about the series. Oh, we're gosh. talking about the movie, <laughs> the best movie because it's of all a lot time. better than the series. Which actually, like, since watching the show, I still haven't watched the movie. I refuse, but I've seen YMS's review, and like after watching the show, it's just that much more. I've painful. seen a lot of clips of the movie, and it's. I just I won't watch it. I yeah. can't. I wouldn't be able to handle Even it. Even just looking at the cast itself, yeah, like no, it's a bunch of little but, like white teenagers. It's so and much like, like all the bad young. guys are Indian or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> and the firebenders need fire to actually firebend. They can't just produce it. Oh, yeah. like they walk around with torches so that they can. It's so dumb. This uh, point. Well, anyways, <sighs> wow, we just really like <laughs> yeah, hi, jumped everyone. into that. We're uh, welcome to the Podwood Forecast. I'm Clifford. I'm Mitchell, and this is part two of our show swap. Yeah, uh, I just realized that we don't we don't do a good job at like introducing ourselves. So like, yeah. we apologize for any like newcomers that have jumped in and had a hard time figuring out who was who. So I'm Clifford, and he's Mitchell. I and... the one with the better voice is Mitchell. That's me. <laughs> Wow. Okay. <laughs> the funny one is Mitchell. <laughs> well, I hope you guys have the enjoyed. The big idiot is Clifford. <laughs> I hope you guys have enjoyed listening to this podcast because I'm I'm hereby resigning. <laughs> I'm, actually, no, I'm firing Mitchell and just <laughs> continuing the show. By I'll myself. start my own podcast and you'll lose all your viewers. Oh, gosh, <laughs> no. I'm the one with the YouTube channel. I would be awful podcasting by myself. Uh, I don't know. I feel. I, I feel, feel like, like I can talk a lot, but I feel like you keep me from going too far off topic because I get really like ADD and I'm like, Oh, this and that. But you'll be like, anyways, let's dial it back. Yeah. Um, but well, well, let us know what you like about the podcast and you can do that by going to Apple podcasts and giving us a a rating and review and people still haven't done this, but if you leave (laughs) a rating and review, I love, I love (laughs) thinking about listening to this and just laughing because every week we're just like, still no reviews guys. (laughs) Like where is everybody? I don't know. I mean, I know funny. I know it's kind of conceited to say, but is that the word I want? Like prideful like, or yeah, whatever. Conceited, conceited is right. Yeah, um, We're but freaking awesome. But you know, this is—it's a good way. I know we have some listeners. I know you're <laughs> out there. Yeah, my I know mom. we're not the biggest podcast in the world, but if you guys want to help us out, it seriously does help us by living, leaving a rating and review because that helps our podcast become like get recommended to other people. So if you like the podcast, just take a few few minutes out of your day go to apple podcasts write a rating and review and in return we'll make you famous and (laughs) we'll give you a shout out on the next episode and read your review and uh yeah and we'll give you money too wow no (laughs) so yeah so last episode we talked about my my favorite show growing up robin hood Robin Hood. Uh, 
This is a very special show. If you haven't checked it out, you totally should, which I don't know why you would start. This is part two <laughs> of of the episode, so I don't know why you would start with here. Yeah, so. it's weird because it's technically part two, but they can't act as episodes on their own. But it is part of a, a thing we're doing. So for context, if you are someone who skipped yeah. to the first episode uh, for some reason, so me and Clifford did this thing where we both chose one of our favorite shows and... N- so, for instance, last episode we talked about the BBC series Robin Hood. I had never watched that. Clifford had never watched The Last Airbender. Yeah. Uh, and The Last Airbender was my favorite show growing up, and it still is just my favorite show in general. Uh, and BBC Robin Hood was... It's not his all-time favorite show now, but it was his favorite, and it still holds a place in his heart very yeah. dearly. So he And they're both three uh, seasons, so it, it just seemed ideal. So we both... We're like, okay, you watch that show, and I'll watch this show, and then we'll get together and talk about it, and that's what we're doing here. Uh, we talked yeah. about Robin Hood the last episode, and we got my thoughts on that since it was my first time watching in this episode. We're going to hear what Clifford thought of uh, Last Airbender, uh, and I'm kind of interested because... Airbender, the last avatar. Yeah, and I'm interested because everyone I know who grew up with it still loves it and even thinks it holds up today, and it's still my favorite show. Um, some mm-hmm. nostalgia, but even going back to rewatch it, I still really love it, and I am even more impressed with... A lot of aspects of it now that I know a bit more about like the process of making shows and writing and world building and focusing on stuff like that I'm still really impressed by it but uh, I am excited to hear thoughts from someone who didn't grow up from it to see how well it holds up without yeah. nostalgia and like a new fresh perspective from someone who didn't really watch shows like that growing up and uh, just to see uh, how that is and well, yeah yeah uh, I'd which I guess there is some debate about this, but I I do consider Avatar: Last Ember Airbender to be an anime. Yeah. And no, I didn't really watch shows like that. I call it an anime inspired cartoon. Okay. Because yeah. it's not it's not made. I don't know actually. I mean, there's a lot of like Japanese cultural like stuff in it and the language and what they write, but I feel like, it, I don't know. I should have researched this, but I know it was Nickelodeon, mm-hmm. but I mean, Cartoon Network had Dragon Ball Z and that was Japanese. So, yeah. And like, I, we didn't have, my family didn't have TV, like television at the time, no cable or anything, which I guess the show, what was the show like around 2003? Uh, let me like, look. Is that when it's, I'm pretty sure that's when it started. Definitely didn't have any TV then. My parents weren't b- big fans of it because... It aired in February 21st, 2005 was the first episode. Oh, okay. So it's so, not like the oldest thing, but it was like pretty early. I was, um, I would have been 10. Which that's interesting that it came out in 2005 because yeah. even before then, my family, we didn't go to movie theaters either. And the reason why is because my parents... Well, my family, of course, we, we were all raised Christian. I'm still a Christian. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I was laughing. I'm laughing because keep going. I'll get to this okay. later. It's relevant. But uh, my parents were kind of pretty protective about all I ever really watched as a kid was family-friendly movies, Christian movies, shows, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, old shows is why I'm such an old soul. So so we didn't watch TV, and so I wasn't up to date. It was around 2005 that I watched my first ever movie in theaters. Really? It wow. was... I was 11 years old and watched The Chronicles of Narnia, The Language oh, nice. and the Wardrobe, uh, December 9th, 2005. Wow. 
Well, actually, I don't think it was that exact date. That's just when the movie came out. My earliest movie theater memories are uh, seeing Return of the King and um, The Dude, Chamber so of Secrets. Lucky. Yeah, my parents, see, I my parents been took able, us to see Lord of the Rings every Christmas. I, didn't even, I wasn't even able to watch Lord of the Rings until after I turned 13. I was super young. Because we had the PG-13 rule. I don't really remember seeing like the first two because I was really young, but I kind of I think I I pretty much remember seeing like Return of the King at least. And I I watched the cartoons seeing. when I was a kid. I yeah. was allowed to watch those. I did watch those too. I remember them being really weird. <laughs> yeah, they but are. I was obsessed with Lord of the Rings as a kid, obviously, and still am. So yeah. So obviously, when Avatar was popular, I wouldn't have been able to watch it. Mostly, just, I think my parents. Would have been okay with me watching it. Yeah. It's just um, we didn't have TV, and so, like, I didn't know anything about it. It until, gets pretty, like, like mature for later. a Nickelodeon show later on, so I wouldn't have been surprised if you were a kid watching and some scenes they were like, uh... Well, at 11, I would have been fine. Oh, okay, good, yeah. Like, if I could watch a, Chronicles of Narnia, I, I would consider watch... it kid-friendly. Um, yeah. It's, like, as mature as I would, like, want I, I mean, show. I wish shows were like that. Yeah. More often, because like I wish shows, I wish kids shows took chances like Avatar: Last Bender did. Yeah. Which I guess that that comes to like how I feel about yeah, the show. I said it. I said in the last episode that I was really excited about doing this episode. Well, we didn't know that this was going to be two episodes. We were yeah. going to try and do it in one episode, but of course, we are incapable of. <laughs> we we talked about Robin short. Hood a lot more than we thought we would. Yeah. So, so and we'll see how this goes, but. The big at first, I was excited because I was excited to talk about Robin Hood. But yeah. after watching Avatar: The Last Airbender, nice. I was just excited to talk about Avatar. Good, <laughs> so, good. So it was a combination of the both of them, and so I'm I'm really excited about doing this. Um, That's awesome. I I'm a big fan now of Avatar: The Last Airbender. Water. Earth. Fire. Long ago, the four nations lived together in harmony. Then, everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. Only the Avatar, master of all four elements, could stop them. But when the world needed him most, he vanished. A hundred years passed and my brother and I discovered the new Avatar, an airbender named Aang. And although his airbending skills are great, he has a lot to learn before he's ready to save anyone. But I believe Aang can save the world. Yeah. Of yeah. course, <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's obviously not my number one show of all time. Uh, but I think... <laughs> Mitch, wait! <laughs> he just left. Well, I guess I didn't have to fire him. <laughs> You'll have to add some stock, like, door slam or something. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to slam your door, but I didn't, wanna, stuff I didn't want to be rude and get Like the I did called. for the Mumford and Sons episode. Yeah. And you got acted like you were mad. And I, I had, did like, actually get a glass breaking. <laughs> no, I mean, I honestly, when I recommended it to you, I, I know you've watched, like, some anime shows and stuff, but I, I didn't know how up your alley this show would be. I just gave it to you kind of as a risk. Because I was like, yeah. I know it's pretty childish at first, but it, I was like, it gets pretty like intense and like mature for a kid's show. I was trying to like, because <laughs> I, I know I, I could, in my mind, I was like, he's going to watch like the first few episodes and be like, this is like. No, really I was committed. I but, knew um, I was going to watch the whole thing. Yeah, no but I was, I, um, I was, I'm almost. 
which I didn't tell it's hard, you. It's hard to, to tell how someone's going to react to something you love if they didn't like grow up with it. Yeah. And part of me was like, what if he like hates it? And then I realized it's bad. Yeah. But um, no, I was, I was still excited to recommend it, but I, a lot of shows you love I was, are pretty drastically different from like a show like this. So I was, yeah. I was interested to see if you would like it. And I wouldn't have been like surprised if you were like, ah, it's okay. Um, but I'm glad to hear that you liked it a lot. Yeah, and I don't know if I mentioned this before, but there was a separate time, maybe a year or so ago, where I attempted to watch the show. I because it's not really available to stream anywhere, so I yeah I tried watching it on uh, watch cartoons online. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> and I watched the first episode, and I was kind of I was a little taken aback of the the childishness yeah. of the show. But it's, it's definitely... I remember thinking like, oh, but this is, this is kind of charming, you yeah, know, totally. but then I, I got distracted somehow and I, I didn't go back to it until we had this little challenge. That's how I am with shows a lot where like, I'll start something and I'll just forget about it. But yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting to see how the tone of the show evolves. Cause even when I rewatched it, I was like, wow, this is a lot more like, loud and comedic focus yeah. and stuff than I remembered. But as it goes on, it's it's such a gradual incline with the tone. And it's kind of cool that it starts out like that, but gets to be so much more. And I think that's what's really that's what's really satisfying about the show for me mm-hmm. is like it starts out as this thing and it's like, oh it doesn't, you know, it's a fun show. It doesn't seem like that big of a deal. And then it's like really intense stuff later on and really mature themes um and just the way like the show evolves you don't really like when i rewatched it on uh, i got the series on blu-ray and i was rewatching it a while ago for fun and there were some episodes where i was like i'm kind of like surprised that this was on nickelodeon (laughs) well i think uh it's because it's never to the point to where i'm like this shouldn't have been on nickelodeon we underestimate how much kids can take yeah it's not even that like i don't think kids could take it i would let my like 10 year old watch this easily, but I I'm just surprised because Nickelodeon has never really had a show like this. That's like an ongoing plot that gets yeah. pretty serious. And cause it's, you could not just pick any episode of the show and just watch it. Like it's a show you need to watch from the start because yeah. there is an important overlying plot in c- character development, even though it's um, still like episodic in structure. Yeah. Uh, and or kind of seasonal structure because each season kind of has its own thing, but there's still yeah. like an overarching like thing, a goal. There's a, a goal for the whole series, but lots of adventures throughout. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just like with Nickelodeon, it's like shows like Fairly Odd Parents and SpongeBob where it's strictly episodic. There's not really a plot. It's just each episode is its own yeah. thing. So it was really weird. It was always really cool to have Nickelodeon have a show like that. And it's, and aside from Korra, which is a Last Airbender like sequel, they still haven't ever really had like a serious show like that. I wouldn't know. I haven't really kept up to date. I watched Uh, Nickelodeon like constantly, and it was always your SpongeBob's, your Fairly Odd Parents, you know, (coughs) stuff like that. They, but Airbender, that the reason it caught me as a a kid was because I was like, oh, this is like something I need to keep up with. And yeah. it was cool. It was like one of the first shows I remember being like invested that in like Teen Titans where Teen Titans isn't yeah. as much of like an overarching plot as Last Airbender, but they always had like multi-part 
things like yeah like multiple of those that were really compelling and i i started loving shows like that and i got really into airbender and it was when it was airing on nickelodeon so i would have to watch a new episode every week and stuff like that (laughs) and it was super cool but but yeah it's it's not like it's too dark for nickelodeon but um or kids in general but But it it was was just cool to see uh something that took itself seriously yeah it was stretching the border yeah for sure yeah, and so I, I, so my impressions of like when I first started watching it was, you know, I was get, I was a little cynical, but still like yeah. open minded. That's kind of what I expected. I was kind of yeah. like, he's probably gonna like not be into it at first, and then eventually, because yeah, like I said, I was taken aback. At how, like I knew it was a kids show, but I didn't realize like how like at the beginning, like how much so it was going to seem at the beginning. Yeah. Like, I remember watching like, it. Like, the bad guy got dumped yeah. with a bunch of snow and everyone's <laughs> laughing. Yeah, he... the guy lost all his cabbages. <laughs> that becomes, like, funny. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's like an ongoing meme or yeah. something in the show. Rotten cabbages? What kind of slum do you think this is? No, oh, my cabbages! <gasps> <gasps> my cabbages! You're gonna pay for this! My cabbages! My cap! Oh, forget it! So so much later in the show, and it's just along with foam mouth guy, which I I didn't. It's okay. I didn't think the first time. I thought the first time it was like kind of funny. First time he did it, I was like, "What the? (laughs) Yeah, it was so okay." (laughs) I I actually like laughed the first time, but when they kept bringing it back, I was like, "All right." I actually remember. I th- I'm pretty sure I remember seeing gifts of it. Oh, at, yeah. Like before ever seeing this the, show. I think the reason it's weird is because like the animation of it is weirdly like smooth. <laughs> it's like woo, like it's, <laughs> it's like the animation of it is like has so many more frames than everyone else around. Him. It's just like man, it's calm so, down. It's, so, it's it was funny the first time, but I was like, it doesn't. And then need the to second time they thing. brought it back in like season two or something, and then he's like. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, was anyone watching that I did that? Right. And it's just kind of, it's kind of cringe, bro. <laughs> oh God. Sorry. You're gonna lose that, viewers. But, oh no! Please come back. Yeah, because I, I, apparently they're like in within the Avatar fandom. There's people that love Foam Mouth Guy, but people don't know what we're talking about who haven't seen the show. I, so I apologize. I never but, like. I don't know. It's funny. I was just like, okay, that was a joke, but it's funny to me that there's like people who like love him. I'm like, it's just like a gag. Yeah. It's not really anything. Like, I think the first time it's done, it's like funny, but it's not like a part of the show I would ever like think of. Yeah. Um, the thing about this show too, is I, I still genuinely like, sometimes it has like that kid show humor where it's like, that was, (laughs) I chuckled a bit, but sometimes it was genuinely funny. Um, it's definitely, I like the serious, I think it pulls off serious more than comedy, but still, I, especially when Toph comes in, I think she's actually really funny, like co- consistently. She, yeah, funny. she's one of my um, favorite characters. Early on, the humor is a little too like lighthearted, but I think the humor becomes a lot more funny later on. Yeah. Um, like yeah. what, what's one part, um, just like weird things where I can't remember. It's a very vague in my memory, but I'm going to try to spell it out. But 
they're like all in a city at one point and Sokka, <laughs> I think it's Sokka is just like annoyed and he's just like everyone else like leaves him and he's just like angry and standing there and he just looks down and there's just like a duck there and it honks at him and that's it. And he's just like, <laughs> and it's just like funny to me for some reason. He just like stares at it and doesn't react. And a just lot of it, yeah, a lot of it is very genuinely funny. It's not just, a lot of like slapstick humor. It's a lot of like funny dialogue and character interactions. Yeah, and um, I will I, say like, that especially Sokka in the desert when he sees the explosion and he's like high on the cactus juice mushroom. And he's like, I like when Sokka is like blasted on the, the cactus juice and he's like, Oh, a friendly mushroom. (laughs) And he like, I don't know that me and my sister still quote that where he's like, He's like, guys, drink the cactus juice. And he's like going into the scene. He's like, oh, it's so good. It's the quenchiest. And it's like the filter's all weird. And he's just crazy. Nothing's quenchier. It's the quenchiest. Okay, I think you've had enough. Who lit Toph on fire? Me and my, me and my sister still say the quenchiest. Like, oh, it's the quenchiest. <laughs> that, yeah, that's pretty it's great. It's a very quotable and- show. Yeah, and there are a lot of good. Uh, there's a lot of good funny parts and <laughs> funny parts. Um, it's it. The show does have my least favorite thing about like some. And okay, I'm just gonna get all the bad stuff out of yeah. the way because there really is a the good outweighs. There's, there the really bad. is just so much crap to talk about. <laughs> no, there's just a few like a handful of things. Yeah. That, are sometimes prevalent in the show or just things that just kind of went away as the yeah. show went on. But one of my, it's one of my least favorite things whenever I see it in anime is uh-huh. that those parts where it's like supposed to be really funny and uh-huh. really like quirky and like the animation style changes to that like oh, really? simplified, really stupid looking overexpressed kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, overexpressed and like it doesn't happen a lot, but I honestly kind of like that. I I don't. I it know just, it's a trope, but it takes yeah. me out of the moment so much. Like I hate. Really? I know they did it a lot in like Helsing Ultimate. Um, and when it's done too much, I don't like it. Whenever it it happens, like even if it's not done and like as much, yeah, that just makes those scenes just stand out so much, and I yeah. don't like it. It's it's just so out of place because like the this all of a sudden the character image changes and like it's. Like it has those weird sound effects, like wee you yeah. or <laughs> yeah. whatever it is. It's just really goofy, and I always found those. I feel like if it interjected with a serious moment, it would make me really mad. But it doesn't really bother me. But I, I think it's fair that it would bother people, and it makes sense because this is a really tropey anime thing to do. Yeah, and that's where like the anime insp- inspiration. Uh, well, which speaking of which, I, I need to tell you what I was laughing at really because it's relevant to this now but I googled is Avatar the last airbender an anime <laughs> and the first thing you see on Google like the answer pops up uh-huh. right away and it's like Avatar the last airbender is not an anime semicolon here's why Avatar the last airbender is one of the greatest shows ever made it tells a full story and it has one of the best endings ever it's like that's why it's not anime because it's one of the <laughs> best shows ever <laughs> What the heck? Is like, saying is it, that there aren't any good exa- yeah, anime I was shows? Like, the way it's worded, it made it sound so you like... you never watched Death Note or Let's One see. Punch Man? Um, here's That's, an actual answer, though. Avatar The Last Airbender is animated, but it is not anime, so 
but it's not Japanese, so no, it's not anime. It was produced by Nickelodeon, oh. an American cartoon company. It was not created in Japan or produced by a Japanese studio. So technically, it's not anime, although it derives a lot of Japanese culture. I didn't know. So it was made that... like in an American studio. Okay, but it's very anime. I don't feel like sure. I don't feel like whether it's made in America or Japan really matters because it's a style. Yeah, but. I don't know, whatever. We yeah, because can... anime technically means Japanese animation. Okay. And it's technically American animation, but it uses Japanese style as and culture as, um, as inspiration. But anime technically means it was like animated in Japan or something. But I feel like I've, I remember seeing a lot of like Japanese well, I guess names in the credits. Castlevania, they call Castlevania an anime, but that's... Yeah. Not, so, I don't know. It's weird. I think it is just a style. Like, it's yeah, a it complex comes, issue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get deep into I wouldn't, it in like, next episode. I don't <laughs> think I would fight anyone who calls it anime. I won't. I don't, I know it's, I wouldn't it's like say a, it's, it's like... I don't... And I mean this in the most positive way it's like a it's like a diet anime yeah like it's not like full-on anime because like the character designs and everything aren't like fully like you know like the edgy kind of sharp edges and everything yeah everything's a lot more smoother than in a typical anime yeah it visually looks pretty american with like the line art and stuff yeah um but like the action and some of the the way the humor and especially like the the moments you don't like that's a very anime thing um which i kind of agree usually i'm like uh but it's not something that bothers me but it's not something i would like be offended by if so like someone (laughs) said like that annoys me because there's a lot of things i don't really watch anime that much i've seen like three anime shows in my life yeah i'm the most like casual anime yeah i've seen like dragon ball z and some gundam shows (laughs) <laughs> um but studio ghibli i really yeah like those movies but i i don't watch it a lot so i'm not like an anime master <laughs> anime not master i'm not an anime master but they're called weebs but yeah but, um <laughs> but yeah so like those those weird cartoon moments i i just don't like them in any show yeah, honestly fair. and and so i just like them even less in that show because like I was liking it so much. And anytime those moments come, I'm like, yeah, ah, it's re- it's really, um, yeah. And a lot of cartoon shows do that. I feel like so. Yeah. And I just had to remind myself like, you know, this is Japanese inspired and yeah. it's also a kid's show. So, and the other thing was that I ha- also had to keep reminding myself that it's a kid's show. Was that like, you know, at least mostly during the first season, you yeah. know, like not, not all the jokes are landing. I, we keep talking about the comedy aspects. Like, this is not yeah. really, it's think, not a comedy show. Yeah, let's just get, but, yeah, let's talk about all that first because the, because when we do get into the this, serious parts, of when we do it, get are, into that, that's when we'll actually start. Yeah, I'm probably gonna take up the rest of the episode when we get into that. It's like I love how the show is very lighthearted, and I love that about it. It's just like when the f- when you first start the show, not all the jokes are landing. Yeah, you know, so I'm watching it. I'm like, uh, uh, it's yeah, funny. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, a lo- some of it. You're never was, really laughing out loud. Yeah, and there's only a few moments that it, genuinely. A lot of it is very charming, and so like that's why I like stuck with the show because like I. I liked the characters and I wanted to, you know, I wanted to watch them more. So, yeah. So all that didn't really have a huge effect on me. And also you notice like at, 
at the beginning of the show, some of the like quality aspects are not as great. Yeah. The animation definitely improves as the show goes oh, on. Oh, yeah, totally. And also the the voice acting. Because I remember watching the first couple of episodes and, and like, especially for Aang at yeah. first, I remember thinking, like, oh, I would have delivered that line differently. Yeah. But, of course, he's, you know, he's a kid actor or whatever. I'm pretty sure. Um, doesn't a, I think a female voices him. Oh, I don't know. I think. I let me check. I'm pretty sure. I wouldn't sure be surprised. There's so many of those a like lot kid of, a boy lot of characters. Women, uh, voice act younger. Yeah, like younger Rugrats. Guys. Why do I have a cut on my finger? Yeah, what's wrong with you? Like Rugrats, Tommy Pickle is voiced by a kid. Yeah. And I think uh who's the red haired kid on there? He's voiced by a girl. Chucky. Chucky, yeah. yeah. I said kid. Tommy Pickle's voiced by a girl. Chucky's voiced by a girl. Both of the twins are voiced by a girl. It's not showing up on IMDb, this series, for some reason. So I think it it sounds I'm like I'm pretty a sure kid. it is, yeah. But yeah, they're um the voice but, actor. Let's just say the voice actor because I'm too lazy to look it up. But he yeah. gets he gets a lot better as the show goes on. I, yeah, and, especially in like the later seasons when he has to have some serious moments and when he's like getting mad at other characters or something. Like I think yeah. he's really convincing when he's like distressed about something or stressed out. Oh yeah, um, it's really like, great. All the all the main characters. I, I'm glad none of the main characters ever had like b- bad voice actors or. Like, I feel like all their performances were great early on, you know, maybe not the best, but you can definitely see it improve. Yeah. And like, especially like Zuko and Iroh. Zuko. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm actually pretty familiar with the, the voice actor for him. I oh, like, really? I recognized him right away. He, he was the voice for, um, for Jake Long in the show oh. American Dragon. Hey, I did it. Check me out. I'm the American Dragon. <laughs> didn't know that actually yeah. that make that yeah that's yeah. super obvious now that i think about that's it that's him and also this is just a weird random fact so okay so there's this like there's this christian teen coming of it not really coming of age but like there's this christian movie called extreme days say cheese road trip we wanted to surf skate and snowboard across california it was now our time and nothing could stop us and it's like this this really funny i will i say funny it's like this about these group of guys like graduated college and they're like on this road trip it's just this like young adult road trip christian movie and he's actually one of the main characters yeah i forget his name dante basco but he's also in the movie hooked uh or hook Oh, uh, with yeah. Robin Williams, he's the leader of the Lost Boys. Oh, cool. So he's actually like, um, he's like older as uh, Prince Zuko. He's already like well yeah. into his adulthood. So he just Which makes has sense that kind he's of voice. Like a, he's an older character. I think, he, like, I think he's eighteen in the show or something. I can't remember. Yeah, but like Hook, he was already a teenager, and he that was like from the nineties. Yeah. So. So, yeah, uh, I was familiar with him, and I, I recognized his voice right away. And I, I really liked I really liked the spirit of Aang's voice, the, the voice actor. Oh, yeah. He just wasn't perfect right from the get-go. Yeah. And he definitely got a lot better as the show went on. Definitely. And I'm trying to think, as the, like I said, as the show went on, a lot of that stuff got a lot better, a lot more improved, even though there still were... One or two episodes in the later seasons that still were yeah kind of lame. The like, later seasons um, have a couple more filler ep- 
episodes than early on, I feel like, because early on they're really pushing it forward, like with what's going on and yeah. got to get here. But the thing I at least appreciate, um, <laughs> I'm pretty biased, so I other people will totally disagree with me and I won't fight them on it. And you may disagree as well. But for me, um, I never mind any of the filler episodes and some of them I like, like especially the, the flashback, epi- the flashback episode where they, cause a lot of shows do this episode, like for some reason, they always I, have their flashback episode where it's like, Hey, <laughs> remember all this happened, but I love the way this show does it. Cause it's done through like a play that they go to about yeah. their, and it's really funny. And which I apparently a lot of fans hate that episode. Really? I uh, think it's so funny. The, uh, well, I'm not saying I do. Oh, I know. No, I actually I'm, thought it was funny. Yeah. I'm talking, um, I'm talking quote unquote to those people. Like, really? Like, <laughs> what is wrong with all of you? I think it's really enjoyable. And I love the way they make fun of Zuko's hair getting longer <laughs> and stuff. And I also love how Toph is played by this guy. Yeah. This big, which dude. I think is a, a jab at one of the creators of the show. Cause Toph was originally supposed to be a big buff dude. And one of the creators was like, no, <laughs> like, no, 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 no. And so they made her like a younger girl, but one of them wanted Toph to be a big buff dude. So I feel like that was a jab at the original idea that of Toph. That is pretty funny. You can't find an earth-bending master in the sky. You have to look underground. <laughs> Who are you? My name's Toph, because it sounds like tough. And that's just what I am. Wait a minute. I sound like a guy. A really buff guy. Well, Toph, what you hear up there is the truth. It hurts, doesn't it? Are you kidding me? I wouldn't have cast it any other way. Um, but Toph. yeah, there's and like the beach episode and season three. Um, but I kind of like that episode because it has some like pretty, I do too. It has some good character development. That's why I like when there is a filler episode and it's not really advancing important plot points. It's still even if it only happens near the end or at like one point or another, I feel like there's always at least some kind of like important or interesting like character development or interaction. Yeah. Um, and I think the show utilizes filler really well because every show at least has some filler. You can't have every episode be super, super important. Yeah. Um, even like Breaking Bad at least had one filler episode, kind of like The Fly, but that's still Fly a good episode. episode. Yeah, I love that episode. So I think it utilizes it really well. There's not really, I can't really think of episodes. There are episodes I'm like, I don't care for it, but I never skip an episode when I rewatch it because I feel like every episode serves an important purpose. Yeah. Um, there's some like I don't love and I'm like, okay, like this there's one that I can definitely think of. And I think you mentioned it's, it to me. So yeah. Go I, ahead. I still definitely am not a fan of, uh, is the, is it the second season or the third season? I just remember it being so jarring because the show, it must have been the second season because yeah. the show was like Because the third season, they're mostly good. in the Fire Nation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Was it the Avatar Day one? Yep. Yeah. Avatar so, Day. Mm-hmm. And like it was, I just remember it being so jarring because the show was like, like I was, I had always been enjoying the show, but it was yeah. like actually getting good. Yeah. And then this episode comes out of nowhere. Mm. And uh, I think I heard apparently it was written by one of the, writers from like the er- the earlier start of the show. Yeah, which um, makes sense cuz it's just like kind of randomly more different. In it's tone. random and like very very childlike, you know, yeah. and kind of kind of pointless and not It's funny. very like humor focused and like the plot of it is kind of like random and 
quickly paced and yeah. just kind of like happens. But I still, even, even though kind of going back to my point where it's like, even though I don't think that's a great episode, it does still serve a purpose um, because I like that you get to see a part of this world because throughout this show so far, it's like every mention of the avatar, people think of the avatar as like this hero and like everyone loves the avatar as like, a, yeah. I mean, they're like all like sad because it's like, where'd he go and stuff. But I, I like that you get to see a place that actually kind of hates the avatar yeah. because it shows like, Oh, not every, it's realistic. It's like, Oh, not everyone thinks the avatar is like this supreme being and everyone worships the avatar and loves them. It was kind of cool to see like a place and it tricks you. Cause it's like, Oh, they're having an, a celebration, but it <laughs> turns out it's yeah. a condemnation. We hate him. And I think it's kind of cool um, to see that even though the tone of it isn't like super serious, but um, and I, I agree with you for sure. Like, I don't think if I did skip an episode, I probably would do that one, but I still like it because I think it's Kyoshi or one of the past avatars where you kind of learn a bit about them. And yeah, that was it's, interesting. So but you, it's literally you get like alert. It's one really minute cr- in the episode. Yeah. That's my problem with it is like the important, cool story aspects are like rushed. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of like, it's really weird how it happens and stuff because it's not really a thing that comes into play later very often, but yeah, um, it's still cool to like learn a little bit of lore and you get a, and it's kind of like a world building episode in a way, just not done like in the most impressive of ways. But um, I agree. I'm not, it's probably one of my least favorite episodes, but I still think yeah. it, it has like its purpose um, because I think this show, what it does best is it's world building and, and they have a lot more of it later on done a lot better with people that don't love the avatar. But I think it was cool to introduce that at least Um, because it wasn't something I thought about, but when I rewatched it, I was like, Oh yeah, it's like kind of cool that we get to see a different side of the public, even if by the end of it, they all change their minds basically. But, (laughs) um, but yeah, it's, it's not good. It's a pretty like weak episode, but it's, it's yeah, still, it still offers something, which is why I appreciate is because every show has like some like lame episodes, but I at least appreciate that this one still you still get something out of the lame episode. So it's not totally pointless. But yeah, that's that's basically all I have to say about that, really. Yeah. Well, let's uh, continue our conversation. We are past due for a, um, a, break. For a break. Sorry about that. It was 36 mm-hmm. minutes. Sorry to all of our advertisers that we definitely have. Yeah. Um, just busting our door down. Yeah. So um, go um, go get some candy bars, and uh, we'll be right back in a little bit. Yes. I know I say that, but, but the, the podcast continues on with a bunch of stuff in between. Yeah. So, all right. See you in a bit. <laughs> guys so it's my turn to have my own ad right now for me 
This is for me. So if you guys don't know already, I mean, some of you are already watching this on YouTube, so you already know. I actually have my own YouTube channel that I've been putting a lot of effort in and creative energy into, and uh, it's called I'm Clifford Today. Basically, what I do on there is that I talk about Christian music mainly, and I review it, I talk about it, I make videos that are about it. So if you've always thought like, man, Christian music just kind of sucks, and you want a YouTube channel that critiques it fairly, but also introduces some, maybe some good Christian music that you never heard of, then check my channel out. And also I've got some like serious, like essay type videos where I talk about things having to do with Christian music. Like for instance, I did a video on one of my favorite old Newsboys songs and the backstory behind it and how much it means to me. And then I also just recently started a, an essay series on a Christian metal band called As I dying so a bunch of fun stuff i also plan on talking about other things in christian entertainment other than music i already have a video on video games christians and video games so man what is that about so please check out i'm clifford today on youtube or you can type in youtube.com slash i'm clifford today go check it out and also you'll always see Podwood forecast episodes on there. Also, Mitchell shows up in a couple of my videos and he will be a, a consistent guest on on a lot of my videos. So that would be fun. You can see our faces instead of having to listen to us all the time. Okay, this video, this ad is very long already. So uh, I guess I'll talk to you guys. Uh, I don't know. Bye. And so I sit Hey, welcome back to the break. <laughs> so I started recording and Mitchell's like, wait, I got to. Sorry, someone told me they liked message. Picard and I had to yell at them. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably going to listen to this podcast. Oh, oh well. this, I mean, so. at least we have a listener. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So uh, the first half of this was we were kind of getting our critiques out of the way because obviously no show is really perfect. But now we're going to. Uh, yeah, get I into honestly the stuff don't really have any much else to say negatively. Yeah. Um, because Which I mean, yeah. And your criticisms were totally fair. And I even agree with you to an extent. But I mean, it's it's a, like it's my favorite show of all time. But right. it's OK to acknowledge like some not perfect aspects of right. it. Right. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. And I'm okay with people not Nothing loving is it. without reproach. Yeah. And I'm okay with people not loving something as much as me or liking or disliking something yeah. that I don't mind. It's totally fine. I mean, it's totally fine. Even perfect films like the Joker is not with <laughs> <a> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> the ending scene makes me shake. <laughs> Cinematic masterpiece. The scene where they revealed that the girlfriend wasn't real. <laughs> oh man. I'm glad they even explained it to me that she wasn't yeah, real. Yeah, really I didn't really get it. I didn't get it at first. <laughs> Like, why didn't she recognize him when he went? She went in the room. Anyways, so <laughs> this is funny because I have a friend that he recently stated that The Joker is his favorite movie of all time. It's just so. Oh funny. Lord on high, <laughs> bless his. You, you're guy. entitled to your opinion. No, um, it's no one's favorite movie of all time. <laughs> Anyways, um, 
uh, he might even listen to this podcast. So I, I uh, love you. much, much love to you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he craps on my, <laughs> yeah. on my movie opinions yeah, too. So it's okay. Um, uh, I, okay have an so, I have a quick, interesting question about, uh, the last airbender. Let's get back to that. No. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see, cause in my opinion, I think I want to see if you agree with this. I think this show, it's one of the rare shows that just continually gets better. Oh yeah, I've even like, I've even I already it's mentioned like, first it on the season's show. great, but like the ending of season one is just like so good, and then that yeah. sets up for like the more seriousness with two, and then three is just like crazy. Yeah, and I'm curious if you're like, no, I think season two is better than three, or if you agree that each season is better than the last. No, I um, I think that season one is good. I think it's enjoyable. Mm-hmm. It's entertaining. What do you think of the finale, though, with, like, the war? I, I really was into that. And Sokka's moon girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> His girlfriend yeah, is the My girlfriend moon. turned into the moon. Yeah. My first girlfriend turned into the moon. That's rough, buddy. He is That's really, rough, buddy. He is really, yeah. This is one of my favorite line That's exchanges. Rough, buddy. <laughs> Dude, Zuko, I know we're bouncing all over the place, but Zuko, which we talked about this with Robin Hood, about Guy kind of joining them. I love aspects like Dude, that. Dude, I'm want i going to write a fan fiction about <laughs> Zuko and Guy of Gizmo. <laughs> it's going to be so hot. You, you, you made friends with your arch rivals, too? <laughs> yes, for most of my life, I felt misunderstood. <laughs> But that so, I also lost my mother as a young. Oh my gosh! But I think that aspect is so perfectly done in this show. The way it doesn't just happen, and they're really weary, and it's not like they're friends right away. It's it's done with such like reproach and like cautious. Like they he asks to join them, and they're like, "No, go away!" And he's like, they show him like pacing, and he's like. Yeah. How do I? Can, I want them to like me. It's, I mean, he's yeah. not actually saying that, but it's almost like comedic. But it's not. It's really cute. It's sad. <laughs> it's, but it's like sad. Yeah. It's like this is like his only hope. But they hate him, and he goes back. But then he gets scared because Toph is like, "I'm gonna go give him a chance." And then he accidentally burns her feet, and he's yeah. just like, "No, I'm sorry." And you're just like <laughs> watching it. And you're like, "Oh, Zuko, no!" And it's just like feels he's trying so... to impress a girl, but he's just trying yeah. to impress a whole group of people. You just feel so freaking bad. Why aren't you saying anything? You once said you thought we could be friends. You know I have good in me. There's no way we can trust you after everything you've done. We'll never let you join us. You need to get out of here, now. I'm trying to explain that I'm not that person anymore. Either you leave or we attack. If you won't accept me as a friend, then maybe you'll take me as a prisoner. No, we won't! Get out of here and don't come back. And if we ever see you again, well, we better not see you again. And it's like, it's stressful. And the way that he, when he finally joins, but everyone is still just like, I don't know. Um, They're mostly accepting, and uh, except for Katara. Yeah. Uh, which uh, is, you know, it's granted. Very I, reasonable. I really like that dynamic where like everyone's like, oh, okay. But Katara's like, no, you think that 
you think that you're cool, but you're not. Yeah, like the way <laughs> when they're all kind of hanging out one night and they all leave, but she goes up to him and like kind of confronts him. So and then is if like, you do anything, I'll kill you. Yeah, basically. And she's like, I it's can so it's so well done because so many shows would just like have them join in. They're just cool and no yeah. problems. But it's such a, it's like a slow. Well, Zuko, it's a slow development. Like he really has to earn his way into the group. Zuko has like the best character arc ever. Honestly. He's my favorite character in any tv show i i would say he's my favorite like i love a lot of the characters and i do I would all the like characters to, are great everyone has an i would arc. like to talk about like all the characters and yeah the let, let's start um, um let's just do that let's talk about um characters and like their pivotal moments and stuff yeah and and zuko i think it's like universally agreed that he has like that his his personal story is like the best. Yeah, it's like um, freaking heartbreaking. I love his whole the whole dynamic between him and Uncle Iroh. Yeah, um, they're my favorite uh they're my favorite duo in the whole yeah. show. Like they're dynamic and the way and you know uh, whenever I watch a movie and there's like friends and there's like the one part where it's like oh they have to get mad at each other now. It always feels like forced, but yeah. The way they do it, it works better in TV shows, but the way it works with him and Iroh, it it it's crazy because it's so unexpected. You brought this on yourself, you know. We could have returned together. You could have been a hero. You have no right to judge me, Uncle. I did what I had to do in Bossing Say, and you're a fool for not joining me. You're not going to say anything? <laughs> you're a crazy old man. You're crazy, and if you weren't in jail, you'd be sleeping in a gutter. And mm-hmm. it's like these two people who you saw as villains when the show started, and yeah. then it's like you care about these two people and their relationship. This guy who really kind of just was a generic villain when the show started, but he develops yeah. so well, and you get to learn a lot well, of I his think, backstory. I think the reason why he seems like a generic uh, villain because you don't is know because, his backstory yet. Well, yeah, and also he's just like he at first he's just this hot-headed teenager, you yeah. Know? Who's just angry. And he is and only so, really doing one thing where, you know, you watch and it's like he's just going to kind of be the troublemaker throughout the show. Like he'll show up every now and then and cause a kerfluffle and then just leave. He's you like, can't, he, ah, if it wasn't for you meddling kids. Yeah, he just kind of <laughs> shows up to cause some trouble. He's trying to capture the Avatar to bring him back. And you think yeah. that's all it's going to be for the whole show. And that's what I love about this show is it sets up things to where you're like, okay, I know where this is going to go. And then it doesn't. And yeah. it plays things out so untraditionally. I think I sensed at some point in season one, uh-huh. I was like, okay, I feel like Zuko is going to have to end up being a good guy. Yeah, because they kind of start developing him and sharing his backstory. Yeah. So it's you're like, like there's why no are they... way they would pay so much attention to him if he wasn't going to like switch. Totally. Which I, I predicted that it wasn't annoying to me, though. Yeah. Because like, it's enjoyable to watch his whole progression i love that episode that like standalone episode that where it's just him yeah and in that in that village with that family yeah it's so it's so original and unique i love moments like like that and it's it's heartbreaking too and this is another thing i love about this show is um the way it it has characters experience things that you as the viewer are also experiencing Mm -hmm. for example you know I mean, it's at the beginning of every episode with like then the Fire Nation attacked and they ruined everything. And you're you're so led to believe that 
Fire Nation equals bad. Yeah. Anyone who is in Fire Nation is bad. The first villains you see are Fire Nation. You're just watching. You're like, okay, Fire Nation is bad. But then as the show goes on, it's like, okay, he, okay, Zuko is there, a person. Yeah. And you start to learn more. Like, okay, oh, there's a guy who's Fire Nation, but like, he helped them. And then you start he's being good. like, Iroh's never really doing anything bad. It's like, maybe yeah. he's nice. And then uh, he, that, I think he has like one moment where he kind of fights the group a little bit. But it's mostly just kind of like, like maybe to protect to protect Zuko. Or it's whatever. really he never like full on fights them, but there's like one moment where he kind of confronts them, like because he has to. But um, but he that's still at a point where it's just like oh he's just the uncle of the bad guy. Yeah, and you you kind of realize later on it's like oh Iroh was kind of a good guy from the beginning. Yeah, exactly. You know? And you start um, like the episode you mentioned. Um, it starts humanizing Zuko. I mean, he's already really humanized by this point. Uh, and yeah. I also love how when they have to go into hiding and the, him and Iroh, they cut their hair and then their, his yeah. hair starts slowly like grows out throughout the show. Yeah. And I, I love when sh- cartoons bother to do that. Like yeah. have, Oh, the, the character's hair is getting longer. And that happens with Sokka and like Aang at one point and Katara. And you can see their hair get longer throughout the show and stuff. And I think that's super I, cool. I, guess I, I never noticed them. I mean, now that I think of Katara, with I Sokka, remember cause he always had the shaved size, but there's one point where it's like grown in. Oh yeah, like later on, it's really subtle. And Katara's is like so it's more when she like has her hair down, you know. Yeah. It's, but it's really subtle, and I I love when cartoons bother to do that, and it's cool to like see or like Ang when he uh, that that time where he was like unconscious for like a long and he time. He wakes up and he has wakes hair, up with hair, but he keeps it so he can hide his arrow in the Fire Nation. It's yeah. just like lots of clever things. It's not just yeah. like oh, one episode he has hair. It's like it's established. Oh, he was unconscious for a really long time, and that's why he suddenly has yeah. hair. It's not Which just like one episode. It's like usually oh. in cartoon shows, you'll notice that they and they actually do kind of do this in Avatar. All the characters they they always have the same clothes because. Yeah. You know, for kids, it makes them more recognizable. Yeah, you have to have like the, um, like the iconic clothing and stuff. Yeah, like, there and are parts like in season three, they're like never in their usual attire. Which yeah, I think is cool. Cause yeah, they, they the, switch the it up a little bit because I did start to notice. I was like, oh, they they're kind of wearing like the same clothes every day. Yeah, but um, they weren't afraid to just kind of like step out of that. But it also it was like integral for the plot, especially when they were in yeah. like, Fire Nation. So they had to dress like Fire Nation people. Yeah, so. That was just a, a little thing. There. Definitely. And with um with Zuko, more about like the humanizing Fire Nation element, like when he is hanging out with that family and they don't know he's Fire Nation. Yeah. And they kind of like are talking about Fire Nation and stuff. And, and he's just like... Oh. Then there's like the point where they figure out he is and he goes to them. And I think it's like the little girl or someone is just like, get away from me. Yeah. Not a step closer. It's yours. You should have it. No, I hate you. After, like, all he's been with them, but then they just hate him after they learn he's a firebender. Or not Fire Nation, but Firebender, which, I mean, same thing. But yeah. Just that he's a firebender. They're like, no, get away from me. And I think that's such a yeah. good message. It's like, they were with him. They loved his presence. He was a really good person with them. But, oh, you're a firebender? No, don't talk to us anymore. You're a bad person. Yeah, even and, after, like, saving their lives. Yeah, he saves their lives, too. And then it just ends with him leaving. And it's so sad, but it's such yeah. a good message, I think, for kids to see in a show. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, that whole thing with Zuko, that's a great episode. I just think he has the best arc, uh, just the way he starts, and he has one of the most satisfying, like, he has a lot of the most satisfying moments, and he still consistently messes up 
even when he is good technically, but even yeah. when he becomes good, he kind of falls back into being bad again. It's like, it's interesting. Yeah. He, he's such like an, a well-written character. Cause even when he becomes good, it's not like, Oh, he's good now. It's, it's not like, just he's like, still, Oh, everything's all peachy from now on. Yeah. There's yeah. still a lot of bad things that go down and, it's just really cool. And he even has a moment with Iroh where it's like he betrays him and he goes back to him later to like apologize. And he's just like not talking to him. And then because Iroh's like in jail now because of him and he just doesn't talk yeah. to him. And it's, it's really brutal and really sad. And the whole thing with like him being the blue spirit is cool. He's the one who like, I can't remember like the one where Appa gets taken yeah. and, and Appa like, and he gets to him and that's kind of like one of the first moments where you're like, Oh, he's like good now as he decides to let Appa go basically. Yeah. Which is really cool. Uh, Zuko does that for Aang in a way. Cause he's just like, yeah, I don't need to be living this lifestyle. And like he still struggles because he needs his father's approval so bad that even when he gets to a point where he's like, I don't need this anymore, but he has a chance. He's like, Oh wait, if I brought this to my dad right now, the fire Lord and he, it's a so much temptation. And I love that he still struggles with that. Even after he quote unquote gets over it, like yeah. capturing the avatar for the fire Lord, release him immediately. It's not too late for you, Zuko. You can still redeem yourself. The kind of redemption she offers is not for you. Why don't you let him decide uncle? I need you, Zuko. I've plotted every move of this day this glorious day in Fire Nation history. And the only way we win is together. At the end of this day, you will have your honor back. You will have father's love. You will have everything you want. Zuko, I am begging you. Look into your heart and see what it is that you truly want. You are free to choose. <laughs> it's just so cool. And... I love the way the show wraps up with him being like the fire Lord and stuff. It's just so satisfying yeah. and good. And, he, and I love the moment where he reunites with Iroh. Yeah. It's, it's so emotional. Yeah. I definitely, I definitely teared up at that moment. That was like the most emotional part. in the Oh, show totally. Me, yeah. Cause honestly, it's, it's heartbreaking. And Iroh, uh, cause he a, is his dad in a way because his real well, dad yeah. is awful. And the, when they show how, his dad is the one who gave him the scar by just like they did an Agni Kai, like his father and his son did an Agni Kai, which for those who don't know, I don't know why you're listening to this. If you don't like Avatar <laughs> or know the show, but it's like basically like a duel and he challenges, well, he basically fights his son and just burns the crap out of his face during the fight because Zuko didn't want to fight his dad, but his dad just, nope, burns his face, scars it's like, it for I'm life. Not raising a, sissy of a kid yeah it's just so brutal but it's it's crazy but yeah, yeah he's, he's such is a definitely character. that replacement and he's like at first like you said earlier you're like oh iroh you don't realize that iroh's like a good person yeah at first he actually just seems like comic relief because he's just kind of yeah he's just kind of like, like the goofy uncle he's like hey uh Zuko, where's the tea yeah would you, would you <laughs> like to play this Pie game. show. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Pie show. I need my white lotus. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he definitely you once you get to know him more, you realize what he's all about. Yeah. And, Cause he's obvious he 
you realize that he's not all about the whole like Fire Nation nationalism, yeah. all that stuff. He he's really focused on trying to make Zuko a genuinely good person. Yeah. And not be so wrapped up in, you know, trying to be uh, you know, trying to get the approval of his father and making him realize that he's a lot more than that. Yeah, and I love and, that you kind of learn a bit about him too. Like I think it was the Dragon of the West or whatever they called him. Like he was like a vicious general. And everyone is yeah. always like, You used to be great and like yeah. such a good warrior. And it's like f- interesting to like think of him like that because he's so lighthearted most of the time to think and it's it's interesting when you learn a bit about his backstory and especially with his son. And that's that's another thing that makes their dynamic so good is they both fill like a hole in each other's souls because Zuko never really had a father, um, mm-hmm. a real, like he had a father, but he never had like a father figure. And Iroh's son died like yeah. a long time ago. And so their <laughs> uncle and nephew, but they're really like father and son and they both fulfill like, something that was lost and yeah there's like the scene where he where it shows Iroh up on the hill and he's like having a like a memorial memorial thing for his son and yeah. he starts singing and that's both um to establish like something about his son but it's also a reference because the original voice actor for Iroh had died and yeah. that was the new voice actor and so that was like for that voice actor, which is so sad, but yeah. it's really impressive because you can't even tell the difference. You never notice. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even know. You until probably you could if you focused and like knew that, but the new voice actor did a great job. Yeah. I think, I think it was that I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Like the voice actor for Iroh. Maybe it was someone else, but I'm pretty sure it was like the voice actor for Iroh. Died yeah, that's all right. There's nothing one. wrong with spreading misinformation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that whole Zuko and Iroh is a great, Great dynamic, yeah. and I love that that part of the show. I don't need your wisdom right now, Uncle. I'm sorry. I just nag you because, well, ever since I lost my son. Uncle, you don't have to say it. I think of you as my own. I know, Uncle. We'll meet again after I have the Avatar. Let's talk about Aang... Yeah, because you know he's the central part of the show. I like how they, when they introduce him at the beginning of the show, I I appreciate how like you know he's the avatar and he's you know basically the savior of the world. Yeah, but he's like he's not this like perfect Superman or or anything. Yeah, he's not like, it's a, like he only a knows Jesus one element. Anything. He only has one element, but he's also you know he's you know, basically just a kid. Yeah. And he has a lot of learning to do, not really just in terms of skill, but in terms of like, like personality. Yeah. And so, cause he's still like an immature kid who's like, just wants to goof around and doesn't want to have discipline. And it's really cool to see him like start off as like this goofy, like kind of dumb sometimes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, but he starts realizing how, like in shambles the world is because he's all optimistic and it's like he knows it's been like a hundred years but he's like i'm gonna go see all my family and friends at the air temple and stuff but yeah like the first moment when he gets to the air temple and it's empty but he's still like yay it's cool to be here and you're like oh honey <laughs> like kind of <laughs> moment where you're like he's in for it 
and Sokka and Katara are just kind of like, this is super awkward because he like doesn't really realize what's happened yet, but he finds like the skeleton of like, like, uh, his original, I guess, master that was training him and stuff. And that's kind of when he has his first or one of his first avatar state moments. The first one was when he was, I think drowning and, uh, Zuko was trying to capture him again, but this was one of the moments, and then Katara calms him down. I'm sorry. It's okay. It wasn't your fault. But you were right. And if firebenders found this temple, that means they found the other ones, too. I really am the last airbender. But, yeah, it's it's interesting to see how he goes from like this chipper, like, which he never loses, like, his you know, optimism and stuff throughout the show, but he very much matures. And especially in the later seasons, he has moments where even he kind of is a jerk to people and stuff. He pulls a Robin Hood. Yeah. Yeah. There'll be a couple episodes where it's like, come on, Aang, what's your problem? Yeah. But I love that you, they really uh, make you sympathize with him. And I'm, and it's cool that he like voices it and talks about it too, because like the world needs the avatar, but he needs to learn all the elements and do all this stuff that no avatar has ever done. And he needs to like stop the fire Lord in like a few months. And he's still just a kid and every other avatar had their whole life to train. And it's so much pressure. And uh, I'm glad that it's not just easy for him. You know, it's okay to miss Appa. What's going on with you in the desert? All you cared about was finding Appa. And now it's like, you don't care about him at all. You saw what I did out there. I was so angry about losing Appa, I couldn't control myself. I hated feeling like that. But now you're not letting yourself feel anything. I know sometimes it hurts more to hope, and it hurts more to care. But you have to promise me that you won't stop caring. Come on, you need a hug. Thank you for your concern, Katara. And, yeah, because at uh, first he doesn't he w- doesn't want to do any of it. He doesn't want to be the avatar. Yeah, and then later he kind of realizes how much how much everyone relies on him, and then he feels all the all the pressure and responsibility, and he yeah. takes it very seriously at, at a lot of points. Isn't there even a point? I don't know if I'm making this up, but I, f- I feel like I remember a point where there was someone who was like a really really masterful. Uh, bender and he was just like you just you can fight him for me you do it you're much you're way more powerful than i am and i feel like there i feel like there was a moment where he thought that and they're like yeah but i can't learn all the elements like i don't have that benefit like you are the you need to do this yeah but he has that i can't remember when when it was and it's really vague but i remember at least one moment where he kind of had a moment like that it's kind of like a Frodo, like, talking to Gandalf, like, you take the ring. Yeah. So don't talk to me, Frodo. I like when the character who's supposed to be the all-powerful one has a moment of, like, I can't, I don't want to do this. Um, yeah. It's really, it's always, like, really compelling when the one who's supposed to be all-powerful and perfect has a moment of weakness that you can actually sympathize with. Yeah. This goes against everything I learned from the monks. I can't just go around wiping out people I don't like. Sure you can. You're the Avatar. If it's in the name of keeping balance, I'm pretty sure the universe will forgive you. This isn't a joke, Sokka! None of you understands the position I'm in! Aang, we do understand. It's just... Just what, Katara? What? We're trying to help. 
Then when you figure out a way for me to beat the Fire Lord without taking his life, I'd love to hear it! Eng, don't walk away from this! Let him go. He needs time to sort it out by himself. Uh, and that's what I like about Aang's character is even though he's like the chosen one, you know, and has to do all this stuff, his journey to that is it's filled with like doubts and struggles and it's not easy for him. And I also love the concept of the avatar, um, whatever element they're born with, the opposite of that is always really hard for them to learn because elements yeah. are kind of like a mental thing. So like for water bender, like in, Cora, she's a f waterbender, so learning fire is really hard for her. Yeah. I think that's what it is. And then for air, the opposite is earth, and mm -hmm. it's really hard for him to learn earthbending because it's the yeah. complete opposite of what an airbender's mindset would be like. And I, that's another. This show just does little world building things like that, super cool, yeah. super well. And yeah, and yeah. and also, I mean, firebending uh, happens to be kind of easy for him but i like how um he like becomes afraid to do it because yeah because he kind of learns it early on like pretty yeah. easily yeah and he ends up hurting katara yeah and so the his stumbling block is that he he doesn't want to use it to hurt anyone and he doesn't want to hurt the friend uh, the yeah. people that is close to him jong jong tried to tell me that i wasn't ready i wouldn't listen i'm never gonna firebend again You'll have to eventually. No, never again. Even later on in the show where they're like, you need to learn it. You need to fight the fight. You need to know how to do this. He's like, um, nope, never using it ever again. And it's yeah. it's really cool. And I, I love that it's kind of introduced early and he just avoids doing it. And um, yeah, especially when like Sokka gets mad at him and stuff like that part. I'm always like, oh, yeah. it's like I, I hate yeah, it, it, it hurts to it's watch like watching family yeah. uh, fight. <laughs> so I'm just like, dang, that's brutal, man. But that part is always kind of crazy. But it, it's cool though, because that's kind of where Katara learns about her healing ability and stuff. And so um, it all worked out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're welcome, Katara. Yeah, but yeah, and even stuff where Katara's kind of teaching Aang to water bend and just moments of character development and interaction where it's like, oh, he's learning it really fast and she's getting frustrated and stuff. And Katara, yeah. like the pure, I'm the perfect one, like yeah, steals like the how, water scroll. I like how they the show gang. her that she has flaws yeah. as well. I love and that like, about every character has moments of like, that was, don't do that. Not, not in like a writing sense, but in like a, you're flawed, like you need to, yeah, not in like a, that was poorly written. That was stupid that they did that, but they show they're not perfect people. Yeah, yeah, and I mean it's a little different with like uh, maybe like characters like Toph or yeah. Sokka, where they're what's the word that I want? Oh, yeah, their flaws are kind of apparent. Like yeah, like from usually, the start. Yeah, usually but, characters that tend to be a little more on the funny, sarcastic side, it's a little more obvious. Yeah, and but. It's it's a little less obvious for like, you know, like for Aang, who's like a, a hero, you know, but but especially for Katara. And it turns out that and I guess I don't know, we'll, we'll talk more in depth or maybe we'll just we'll just do it now. But yeah. I mean, for, for now, for, for like for Katara, her flaw, it kind of is her strength as yeah. well, is that she becomes like uh, kind of like the mother of the group and mm. she's kind of overly protective and, and that, and that becomes, that comes to a fault 
Yeah. At sometimes. Don't you walk away from me while I'm talking to you! Oh, really, Mom? Or what are you going to do? Send me to my room? I wish I could. Well, you can't, because you're not my mom and you're not their mom. I never said I was. No, but you certainly act like it. You think it's your job to boss everyone around, but it's not. You're just a regular kid like the rest of us. So stop acting like you can tell me what to do. I can do whatever I want. I don't act that way. Sokka, do I act motherly? Hey, I'm staying out of this one. What do you think, Aang? Do I act like a mom? Well, I... Stop rubbing your eye and speak clearly when you talk. Yes, ma'am. She's sort of, like, full of herself sometimes, and she she isn't the most humble yeah. either. Like, she has to really bring herself down to realize, okay, like, I'm not perfect for this and stuff, and seeing them learn, like, especially when, um, like, I think it's in season one where she steals the water scroll from that gang because she wants to learn that and stuff, yeah. and it, it's... Like, she would be the last person in the group to do that, but she was so jealous that Aang was learning waterbending so quickly, and she's too prideful in her skill, and you kind of start yeah. to learn about her personality that way. But she's... And, oh, man. Katara has some of, like, the most insane moments in the show. She's not yeah. even my favorite character, but she has some of the best moments. Like, like the when she finds that one woman who I think was friends with her mother and she's hiding out in the fire nation yeah. and she ends up being a bloodbender. Yeah. And well, she's, she's like a waterbender and turns out that she can also control the blood. In yeah. People's Which bodies. technically it's like all waterbenders can, but it's just not something you do. Yeah. It's like unethical and she doesn't want to do it, but she's essentially forced to, to, like get out of the situation and it like yeah. kind of messes her up. She's like, I don't ever like that, that, that aspect got me when it's like, she was being bloodbend and she knows what it's like. And she was kind of like forced to do it. Yeah. And it kind of like messed with her. But then, and I was a little worried that they weren't going to go back to that, but then they do when she starts to go after her, her mom's killer yeah. or whatever. And I, I and love she that. starts to use it. Yeah. It was almost like, Aang to firebending, like bloodbending is to Katara, like when she goes after the guy who killed her father and she's just so... This is someone she's basically been like on, <laughs> like wanting to kill her whole life, essentially. And yeah. she finally finds him and the, the scene where she like freezes all... She stops all the rain around yeah, them and so is cool. just like laying into him. But he's just like this confused hope, like he's too far gone. He doesn't even really remember it. Yeah. And it's one of those moments where it's like, yeah, he deserves to die right now, but it, it makes so much sense the way she handles it. And yeah. it's just, it's really, and it's not just like, I forgive you. It's she's just, is like, don't like basically just leaves him. I did a bad thing. I know I did. And you deserve revenge. So why don't you take my mother? That would be fair. I always wondered what kind of person could do such a thing. But now that I see you, I think I understand. There's just nothing inside you. Nothing at all. You're pathetic and sad and empty. Please spare me. <laughs> but as much as I hate you, I just can't do it. Yeah, because it's like you're just a hopeless, sad old man. Yeah, and that scene always like 
gets me. That's it's, a, it's so powerful to me because it's yeah. it's so out of it's out of character, but it makes sense for her too because mm-hmm. she's not like an angry, ruthless person. But, but this when it is, this to is her, something the death of her mother. Yeah, this is something that's we've known about that she's had a vendetta for like, this is the reason she hates hated the fire nation and firebenders at first was because of the death of her mother. And she finally finds the person responsible. And yeah, it's just, it's it's such an intense moment. It's, I love it. It's such a crazy, I don't know, just bit of, it's it kind of, that's the thing I like about this show. Every kind of little thing has some kind of conclusion, except for one part we can get into later, which is about Zuko's mom. But um, the, yeah, that aspect, I love that they even find a way to kind of have some kind of resolution within herself involving that because she always held so much hatred to that. Um, mm-hmm. And it's her just kind of growing to um, be okay with like knowing that, you know, not all firebenders hashtag are bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it, it's so compelling. And I that's one of my favorite parts of the show is when you get in the Fire Nation and kind of start to see the human side of them. Uh, even though you can still see how like kind of messed up they are just because of the way like their government is like planting, you know, like morals into their head about other people and stuff. And it's, yeah. it's really twisted. Brainwashing everyone. Yeah. It really says something about our society. <laughs> but yeah, Katara just has a lot of great moments and every character has a really great moment to shine and yeah, I appreciate that. I, I got to say one of the most intense uh, moments in the show, and it was actually probably the first time that I fen- felt like an emotional reaction to the show Yeah, was when in season two, when, when Appa, the, the flying bison yeah. uh, gets taken away and yep. mm-hmm. just to see like Aang's reaction. And he's just so like, like Oppo's like his best friend. It's all he has left of his original life. Yeah, that's true too. Which is heartbreaking. I never thought about he, that. He's the only thing from his original life he had left. Yeah, but just to f- see him just like distraught about that. Yeah, like it's so emotional. Like, and it goes to show like how how good the like the an- the expressional animation. Oh yeah, was and the voice actor just going just like. No. Yeah, it's so good. It's, it's so so sad too, and he gets like so rageful and furious, and he's just like, "I gotta find Appa," and that becomes like yeah. his only goal at the time. Like nothing yeah. else matters. Like being the Avatar, or whatever. Um, I've got to find my best friend. Yeah, and even like. Like for the next few episodes when they're looking for him, and then there's the episode that's just focused on Appa. Even that like got yeah, to me emotional because you're just seeing like how like abused Appa was during all this, and it's like Aang's trying to save him, and this whole time he's like being caged and like tortured, and it's just, you see everything from his point of view, and it's like sad and scary. Yeah, that's when I realized that I was like really invested in the show. I was like, "Frick this stupid show! Yeah. We're making me care about some." <laughs> Flying buffalo. <laughs> yeah, and the episodes, like, without him, it's cool, too, because you get to see, like, how they have to basically survive without Appa. Like, you realize how important Appa is to yeah. the group. It's like, <laughs> oh, they have to travel through this desert. Yeah. That whole sequence is cool, too, when they're having to survive in the desert and get back, and you, it kind of just... I love that 
it it's um it's a writing technique in like even video games or like movies or shows that I love is when there's something that's just there from the start and it's just natural. Like they always have Appa. That's how they get around or in a game where it's like, Oh, you have a mechanic from the start and you're just used to that. And then yeah. at some point it's like, they take it away from you and it's like, what do I do without this? Like I'm trying to think of a video game example, but it's like example, like shadow of the Colossus. It's not, it doesesn't, with it's, Agra, yeah, it's not really a good example because you're not exploring the world without him because it's right you're right at the boss, but it's like the thought of oh, I don't have this companion I've had the whole time, and you can still whistle for him, but he won't yeah. come. And so, in like this scene, it's like we're just used to them having Appa. That's how they get around. How are they gonna do things without him? And I love seeing how they have to deal with that. And when they finally are reunited, it's just like so like heartwarming and nice yeah. and uh it feel it, all sorts of happy feelings it gets me every time <laughs> and when he like f- he flies from around the corner and they see him and it's like Abba! yeah <laughs> oh man it's so good yeah so yeah this it was definitely around that time where i was like yeah yeah i think i'm really loving this show nice. um all of the characters just have like something to them. Like even even Sokka, yeah, who at first is just kinda, he's just kind of like the comic relief, but he still gets a lot of really cool moments, and you learn a lot of like emotional things. He about goes him too. through a lot, and you kind of yeah, don't even realize that. That's what I like. His girlfriend turns into the moon. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like he has horrible like luck with <laughs> people he loves, like his yeah. relationships with girls and stuff. And, and when you, I think the point where you really start to be like, Oh, like learning a lot about him as a character. It's cool because when they meet his dad, finally they find him mm-hmm. and it's been a long time since they seen him and stuff. And you realize his, he's always looked up to his dad. He like idolizes his dad and his dad's also yeah. kind of goofy and funny. And you yeah. know, that's, it's <laughs> that kinda, was really funny. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Cause it's like, Oh, he just wants to be like his dad. That's why he's goofy. But when he has serious <laughs> moments, he really, you know, he's not always just like comic relief and he does yeah. have, he, there is a point in the show where he's kind of consistently like, almost the leader he's kind of becomes like an authority yeah. in the group where he's like we need to stay on track and focused and it's there really, was that it's one cool. episode where um in season one where i was like how is like Sokka the only like logical reasonable yeah. character and it was the one with the the what's his name character the the lost boys robin hood oh character. yeah what's his name again um, Jet. Jet. Yeah, because yes. he's the only one who that sees episode, how scummy they are. Yeah, the episode where they they meet him, like Aang is just like, oh, whatever, and Katara's fallen in love with Jet. Yeah, and Sokka's just like, they're no. going to kill a whole village of it's, people. <laughs> it's honestly kind of a little frustrating to me. Is yeah. that, that kind of aspect where like the person sees the truth and the other people just aren't believing? Yeah, them, it's. A, it's like, I think the reason <sighs> it's it's frustrating to me. Um, in like kind of a good way is because you feel Sokka's frustration because I, I see it as like, it's not really obvious to everyone that they would be bad because Sokka just kind of happened to overhear them talking. So it's not like they're obviously scummy, bad people. They're just really good at like manipulating the others. But Sokka was the only one who actually like audibly heard them talking about these horrible things. And it's done in a way where it's believable because obviously Sokka is kind of like jealous of how cool Jed is at first. So they think he's just 
trying yeah, to play and that's, him down. That kind of clouds the character's judgment. Yeah. If Jet was obviously like rude and evil in front of everyone and they were still like that, I'd be like, this is kind of bad writing. But yeah. they do it in a way that it would make sense, even if it still is a little really like black and white yeah. to the point where they're all like, you suck, Sokka, we hate you. <laughs> it but, also is kind of heartbreaking when Katara does like realize the truth. Yeah. Sokka, you fool. We could have freed this valley. Who would be free? Everyone would be dead. You traitor. No, Jet. You became the traitor when you stopped protecting innocent people. Katara, please help me. Goodbye, Jet. Yip, yip. She's like, oh. I, she just I, leaves I, him I, frozen like against the tree. Yeah. And honestly, I didn't expect to see him again in the show. Yeah. I was surprised when they brought him back. I remember he asked me if he died or whatever, and I was just like, yeah. No, <laughs> or yeah, whatever see, I know a lot of people have like speculated about that. I I'm I know that he died like when he comes back later in the show. Mm-hmm. They I don't know, people have always just like, yeah, but did he? I'm like, yes, he died. That's <laughs> it's, that's the that's the one thing about this show is that they're kind of afraid of like death. Yeah. They're afraid of talking about death because it's a kid's yeah, show. Yeah, it's like a Nickelodeon thing. It so they kinda go around it. You it was know? like in Korra where pilots would be in airplanes and like they would explode but it's like you have to have, show the person falling out with a parachute yeah it's one yeah. of those like they can't kill people on a kid's show for nickelodeon so but but even well in the third season uh i noticed that they were getting a lot more brave they were actually saying like kill them, yeah they actually used know? the words dead and kill <laughs> like, and, what yeah shame on this show um, so <laughs> that's just interesting. I mean, it's understandable. They, I think um, they, they work around it really well without it. They, uh, it feels like they use that obstacle to come up with creative solutions or yeah. writing. Like, you know things. what they're insinuating. Yeah. It's like, you could tell they probably wanted to have some people die at some points, but they, they use that obstacle to be like, how can we work around this and make it still like interesting? And that's why I really appreciate about this show is they never just like, well, we can't kill anyone. So just, I don't know, have them say I'm okay. And then he <laughs> leaves. It's like, they come up with a way to make the narrative still like makes sense and it doesn't feel like they were it sometimes you could be like it feels like they're limited but the way it was still executed is still fine yeah which is why i like about it because like in cora it just doesn't make sense sometimes i'm like okay like i still have i haven't watched that it's good um, if you liked this show i still think it's totally worth watching but it's it's not it's not near as good in my opinion right yeah but it also does help that like most of the characters have like these, you know, these these bending abilities. They they yeah. don't have like swords and guns that like, you know, um, obviously if no one dies yeah. from that, that's obviously chickening out. Yeah, but it's like you have like water bending. Like yeah, just push them out with water. Or, yeah, exactly. Or push them away with they fall air off a cliff. It's like you can assume they probably died, but they're not going to point hit it them, out. Hit them with a rock. They probably died. But, yeah, you know, just close them up trap them and leave and and there's like <laughs> stuff with Sokka when he gets his sword later on and stuff and, yeah but i mean even then they still make it like cool <laughs> like yeah. it's still cool like when there's yeah are, it's like, not sword too fights. distracting um but yeah so going back to Sokka he's a great character and i appreciate how they they show that he's a whole lot more than just either the comic relief or just like the um, very obtuse leader or whatever. It's like he's funny and goofy, but he's not dumb. Yeah. He's still very smart and he can be a good leader. I like how they let that, they help that be obvious. One of my favorite episodes was when he is 
uh, when he's learning to the sword fight with yeah. the sword master. I really like that. Yeah, he I gets mean, his own like special sword from him, and he yeah. has to earn like his favor. I, which uh, kind of play. That's I love that episode, and I'm realizing that's why I like samurai movies. Just I love <laughs> I love stuff <laughs> like that where that it's episode. like working with the master and earning his favor, and like I, I think stuff like that's always really cool. And I, I love that little arc with him, like getting his sword and yeah. having the train, and because that's cool because. That's something when I, I remember watching this show and I was like, it must suck to be Sokka to be surrounded by all these benders and <laughs> yeah. to just have a boomerang. And they touch on that. Like, he's frustrated. He's like, you guys all have these cool powers and what am I doing? Boo-hoo. Poor heroes. What's your problem? You haven't even touched your smoke sea slug. It's just all you guys can do this awesome bending stuff, like putting out forest fires and flying around and making other stuff fly around. I can't fly around, okay? I can't do anything. That's not true. No one can read a map like you. I can't read at all. Yeah, and who keeps us laughing with sarcastic comments all the time? Look, I appreciate the effort, but the fact is, each of you is so amazing and so special, and I'm not. I'm just the guy in the group who's regular. I'm sorry you're feeling so down, but I hope you know none of us see you that way. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not, like, I love that they throw a boomerang. <laughs> and so he's like, I need something of my own. And so he goes to do this, like, really intense sword training. And I, yeah. I think it's cool that they kind of gave him something and that they touched and on it, that. And they the also show. show that, like, at the same time, he still was a very crucial part of the team. Yeah, he never like feels when he's unnecessary. Gone, they're just like, well, what do we do now? <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. Every character feels important, and even when like Toph shows up, I I, I go back. Which to I earlier. do. I do want to talk about Toph. Yeah, and I love Toph. And every time I go back to watch the show, I just like I can't wait for Toph to show up. Like every <laughs> whenever I watch season one, I'm like I miss Toph. Yeah, it's like when the when the group is solidified, it's a little difficult to. Watch earlier episodes because, yeah. like that, because you're so used the whole to the group dynamic. dynamic is not there. Take a shot every time we say dynamic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, don't you'll die. Um, I, I love how Toph at first they're 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 so used to how they the three of them work together and like we have this new person and they're getting frustrated with her and yeah it's like a new roommate moves in and they're annoying but they have to I love that like the, this that's what really impresses me about this show and not even just for a kids show like this is something like adult shows fail to do sometimes is this new character comes on and it's not just, Oh, we're all friends now. It's like, they have to get used to each other. They don't really yeah. know her that well. Um, and they frustrate each other. And I, I, I love the dynamic of them dynamic having to <laughs> get used to each other's company. Yeah. And it, it, it changes how they all interact with each other in a way, having a new person. There. Yeah. It, I guess we're, we're talking about Toph right now. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I mean, I did want to mention, I wanted to talk about, um, Sokka's relationship with uh, what's her name, the fighting girl, whatever. Oh, I just uh, thought it was cute, you know. Yeah, Suki. <laughs> Suki, yeah. yeah I'm glad. I'm really name. glad they end up together. Yeah, I was kind of the way she. I comes didn't think back. that it was going to work, but they they made it work. So, yeah, but. it's it's really and it feels like natural. Like she kind of shows them. up. <laughs> she shows up, but then they have to separate again, and and they it's it's really cool the yeah. way that they end up continually connecting. Yeah, and with Toph. She is such a different character because before Toph, all the characters are just kind of like, ah, oh, quirky, fun. And then Toph shows up she's, and she's like, the she's short, mean. she's short, the short little 
mean blind girl. Yeah, it's such a different kind she's of character. She's kind of a, a little bully. Yeah, she's like kind of mean and rude to them. And like she'll <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I'm trying to remember the line, but she calls Katara like something and it makes me laugh every time. I, I need to... She calls Aang Twinkle Toes. Yeah. She, oh God, there's like, it's one moment when it's when she's in the group pretty fresh and her and Katara aren't getting along really well. And she keeps calling her like, God, what she keep calling her? I can't remember, but it's <laughs> ever since you joined us, you've been nothing but selfish and unhelpful. What? Look here, sugar queen. I gave up everything I had so that I could teach Aang earthbending. So don't you talk to me about being selfish. Sugar queen? I don't know. I can't remember, but just we'll the way she kind of insults people. But she has, she's yeah, like she's got not some, trying some to great be like comebacks. Yeah, and it's not like she's trying to just be like mean, but you can tell she's just like defensive and sarcastic. Yeah, and, and it's the way that she is, and I I love that about her because like she comes from this family that's super protective of her. Yeah, and doesn't let her go outside or anything. And here she has the second life as like this wrestling <laughs> earth. Yeah, bender. she's out like beating like grown men <laughs> in earth bending tournaments because she's it's like the so best. Hilarious. She's the most powerful powerful earthbender in the world, essentially. Yeah, um, which she, was, she invents steel metal bending, which is crazy. That's such a cool moment <laughs> when she breaks out of that prison when the guys come to capture to bring her home because her parents are yeah. psychos and they hire these. <laughs> freaks to Killers. capture her and bring her back home it's that's a that's a common theme i've noticed with all the main characters and i i think why they work so well together is all of them have either lost family or have like a broken family like ang yeah. lost everyone he knows katara and Sokka lost their mother and their father is off at war and they yeah. hardly see him and, and then toff just doesn't want to be around her parents. yeah because her parents are controlling and like rich like snobs and don't want her doing anything and yeah it's ugh, it, it's and it's great i love when i love the moment when she just Zulu's leaves father is just a, a yeah and a, zuko a jerk. like all oh, i said zulu oh zulu sorry but <laughs> yes i, I mean zuko. but even even zuko <laughs> like his family is just all kinds of messed yeah. up like his sister his mother is gone his father like beat the crap out of him uh like yeah, and he joins that group too. So it's just all these also, main characters. Just also, come you from got broken you got families. one person from every bending. Uh, yeah, or every, yeah, and you even got one just normal person. Yeah, because they're <laughs> intentionally, and it's cool. And a monkey like, and a flying bison. Yeah, because it's cool because they're intentionally like. I, that's such a good way of adding on new characters because he has learned all the elements. So we have to find an earthbender. And it's also we have to just, find a firebender. It's also just a simple way of like showing that like. No matter what background you are, no matter what like nation you're from, yeah, you can still work together as a team. Exactly, and it yeah. also shows, you know, going back to the theme of all of them having broken families and stuff. Like they're all from different backgrounds and nations, but they have this thing in common. Yeah, and they all are fighting for the same goal. Even Zuko eventually is like, "Yeah, I'm going to help you kill my dad," <laughs> and it's just so cool. And I love when they no, it's not. A I love when they realize, yeah, Zuko is going to have to be my firebending teacher. Yeah. Um, and uh, the mentality aspect of bending is really cool too, because Zuko is suddenly he's 
trying to be like helpful and he's not always angry and wrathful and then suddenly he can't bend anymore and that whole thing it's not like my favorite aspect of the show that element but i like it as a oh like your mentality is connected to your bending and Mm -hmm. they have to and but i love the it is it does sort of feel like filler when it's like oh he can't bend he has to learn to bend again okay now he's just like i feel like without that episode it wouldn't be that big of a deal yeah but i still really like it because it shows that he has to he is really changing as a person and he kind of has to rework like how he bends and stuff and it's just a clever little way to show his character changing and they have to go and find the dragons and that's a cool little like side plot i thought when they go to that one city and yeah but and they also find out that uncle iroh didn't end up killing off all the dragons yeah because there's like two of them there and they he's like no he's just a genuinely good person yeah um (laughs) didn't want anyone to know exactly (laughs) uh and lightning bend that's another thing i i love is all the elements kind of have this secondary thing. Um, I'm not sure what it would be for air bending, but with water, you know, there's blood bending with earth. There's now metal bending because of Toph. And then with fire, there's lightning. Yeah. So it's in the lightning bending thing is so cool. And I love how it's, it's relevant. He doesn't just learn to do that. And then he uses it once and it's cool. It, hmm. it really comes into play. Like Iroh teaching him how to redirect lightning and all this stuff. And yeah. Um, yeah. It is super smart. You know? Yeah. The way they explain it's it. It's not just like, Oh, I know how to do it. It's like, no lightning is like a very hard thing to control. Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> and if you don't redirect it properly, it, you will, it will die. You, it will kill you. <laughs> and it's so intense. And Sorry to say the K word, but it will kill you. <laughs> I, I love just, this again, going back to the world building, I'm going to say that so much, but when I was explaining how it's similar to water bending, like the movements, he's like, I studied water bending and yeah. like how you get to just learn a lot and all the, you bend all the elements are like the movements that benders use for each element are in, based off real like kung fu fighting techniques in real life. I don't know yeah. the names, but it's like air bending is like this technique, and yeah, it's and it's all animated like perfectly. Like I know people who have taught, and they're like, I'm really impressed with how on point the animation for those like techniques are, and it's <laughs> so cool. And then, yeah, he's, like, trying to learn lightning. And he's like, okay, shoot lightning at me. And I was like, <laughs> no, you're crazy. I'm not going to do that. Uh, and it's, like, kind of a funny moment. But then they show Zuko, and it's storming out, and he's up on the hill. That That's a really, like, powerful scene for me when he's just like, you've always thrown everything you got at me. And he's like, well, I'm here now. He's, like, freaking out on this hill, and he's just crying, and he's, like, yeah. wanting lightning to strike him. And obviously it's, like, it really is like more metaphorical for him just talking about his life in general, but it's just a, I love that moment. Cause that's kind of when you start to realize like, yeah, he's, that's kind of like when you start to realize, yeah, he's going through like a drastic change right now. And yeah, I love that moment. You've always thrown everything you could at me. Well, I can take it and now I can give it back. And that's how the episode ends too. Just him like crying on a hill. I'm just like, (laughs) jeez. 
And then In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins plays in the background. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I'll touch on this real quick, too. We can go on to another character or something, but the lightning redirection technique. Um, I, I never thought about this, but I saw a Twitter post about it, and I was like, oh, geez, and that's true. I didn't think about this. When he confronts his father and uh, the Fire Lord just shoots lightning at him, and he redirects mm-hmm. it back at him successfully. Yeah. And I never thought about this, but lightning will like kill you. It killed Aang basically. And Katara had to basically bring him back to life yeah. with that water that she was going to use to heal Zuko's scar. But it was yeah. glad it was good that she saved it. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, his father essentially just attempted to kill him and he redirects it. And I never really thought about how his dad doesn't know that lightning redirection is a technique. That's like yeah. an Iroh thing. Like he, mm. the Fire Lord, he didn't know that that was possible. Yeah. So he was fully intending to murder his son when he did well, that. Yeah, I, I figured that. Yeah, I never like, really thought about because I was like, oh, maybe like, you know. But when you think about how lethal lightning is in the show and how it can instantly kill people, like or in real I never life. really thought about <laughs> how, oh, like, yeah, his dad was definitely well just, even like, if i didn't him. i wasn't sure if the fire lord didn't uh, knew about redirecting or not either way he didn't know that zuko knew how to do yeah that. exactly so i kind of knew it was like oh dang he just tried to kill his own yeah. son yeah <laughs> so it, i just it's something i just never thought about because i was like oh yeah and it's just like a cool subtlety with how messed up the fire Lord is, and it's a good way to bring back uh, yeah. redirecting lightning. It's not just a thing that's there for a couple episodes. Reincorporation is a big thing in this show. And I love when things come back and are relevant. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's just really cool. Yeah. And uh, speaking of the fire Lord, not even really speaking about the fire Lord, because there's not really a whole lot to say about the fire Lord. Cause he's kind of just, he really is this like evil it's kind guy. of like a one one dimensional villain. Yeah. You know? I mean, you get a, you learn a little bit more about him in the flashback. His episode character with him. is more. He is just the villain, and you know, like all of this bad stuff is happening because of him. And you do learn about how, like, the Fire Lord previous to him, how he kind of rose up to be how he is, and you don't ever sympathize with him. He is just evil. Evil man did yeah. evil things. Um, but I do. He is mainly there as a as a way to enhance Zuko's character. Kind of like how we talked yeah. about one of the characters in season three of Robin Hood, like kind of shows up and they're there to boost other characters, not necessarily to be like a developed character themselves. Uh-huh. That's kind of how I see the Fire Lord, because he's such a big part of Zuko's character. And he's such a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> but they really do make him like someone you hate. Yeah, for sure. It's easy to hate him. Yeah, um, but it's not. But it's not like a villain where it's like I can see your point. Like he really is just like yeah, he's evil. Not like a he Thanos just or yeah. He really is just like I'm. I want power and I'm evil. He's basically like a Hitler. You know. Yeah. He's like I want the whole world to be the Fire Nation. Yeah, but you do. I I do appreciate that you know a lot about you know Azula and Zuko and they talk about him and you learn a lot about just how you learn a lot of the details of how horrible he is and why you should hate him it's not the show isn't like here he is he's bad we'll never do anything to show why he's bad but yeah the, i like that they actually they develop his evilness <laughs> in yeah, a way um just how evil so he is. is just like evil he's there's never a moment where it's like oh he's a he could be a good guy but <laughs> they i'm glad they at least they give you a really valid reason to want him dead yeah you know 
Yeah, I don't like it when movies or shows... Like, I like it when certain characters that are, like, evil at first are are given more of a human aspect. Yeah. Like, with Zuko, and we talked about Gav Gisborne in the last episode. Yeah. But, like, I don't like it when, like, the ultimate evil of the movie or show is, like, turned to be, like, a good guy or yeah. something. Yeah, for, like, or not no even reason. a good guy, but just, like, humanized or whatever. Yeah. As long as it's... I mean, if it's done interesting. If it's enough, done well but, in a way that doesn't feel, like, weird. Like, yeah. I, you're trying to humanize him, but why would you try to humanize someone? That's kind of, like, where it is. It's, like, if they tried to humanize the Fire Lord, I would be, like, why are you yeah. doing this? Mostly... Like, he's, hor- he's clearly, like, yeah. awful. And mostly because I think it's important for people to realize that there is, like, just evil out in the world. Yeah. And... So I think that's important to like yeah. make that distinction because he really is just kind of like a Hitler, you know. Like he's yeah. like my every other element is weak, and we like imprison other people and torture them and do all this bad stuff. Like there's no reason for him to be like sympathetic. The only time you ever get some kind of humanity with him is where it's like it's the flashback episode where um, it's the the Avatar before. Avatar, what's his name? Um, yeah, uh, what's his name? Avatar Roku. Avatar Roku. I, I should know this. It's yeah, the fi- it's the firebending avatar, and I th- I think he kind of grew up with That's Fire a, yeah. Lord. Yeah, he did. That, that whole episode I think is really cool, and yeah. not even that is like, oh, Fire Lord was a good guy. It's like, no, he basically killed the avatar and like left him on the island. I mean, he started out as a good guy, but he obviously had yeah. some very warped ideology. Yeah, and that's what. But it, it was him. cool to yeah. see. It's like, yeah, he was like friends, and you could see how at one point he could have you know, been likable, but it shows his demise. And, and this wasn't even the current Fire Lord. It was the father. Yeah, that's of it. the current Fire that's Lord. That's it, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's kind of what started the whole war and all that. And uh, it's very, very tragic, the whole story. With, yeah, like, the, that episode's really cool. The Like the volcano erupting and then blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and him just being left there to die. And it's yeah. really brutal. Yeah, that... I remember at one point I was like, man, almost like a show about all of that would be kind of cool. But if anything, I actually don't think they should do a show about that because we know everything already. But I'm like, yeah, everything there is. But it was interesting enough that I was like, even like a little side spinoff miniseries of the life of that avatar would be kind of interesting. But yeah, it was well done enough that I, I almost wanted more, but it was enough. Yeah. And I also liked how they were tying that with uh, Zuko's relationship with Aang. Yeah. Because it was, it was Iroh that wanted him to read all that history. Yeah. And, like, make that distinction. But uh, I wanted to talk about who I think is a far more interesting villainous character in the Fire Lord. Yeah. Princess Azulu. Yeah. Azula. Right. Azula. <laughs> Azuzu. I'm getting all the names mixed up. Plus, I only watched the show once. So yeah, it's okay. Get, get off my I could, back. I couldn't get remember. Get off my back. Ow. Ow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I couldn't remember some of the characters' names. It's okay. Yeah. Um, Pretty sure it's like Ozai. Fire, no, that's the Fire Lord. Fire Lord Ozai. I don't know. 
Ruko? Is it just Is that Zuko? I don't know. Whatever. Avatar I, Ruko? No. Roku. Roku. Yeah, because like the TV thing, Roku. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. yeah <laughs> see, you remembered that, and it's my favorite show, and I couldn't even remember. Well, only because you... Uh, I got it close. Yeah. But Azula is such an interesting character. At first, you think that she's just going to be... She's like the like Joker. <laughs> like, I'm insane. Woo! Well, not even... Well, you don't even realize that at first, because at first, she's just this like really strict... Like yeah, just a just a female bad guy. Yeah, and just kind of a you just think kind she's of a b word. You, you know? kind of are. <laughs> I remember when I was originally watching it. Even as a kid, I was like, kind of like thinking about stuff like this, like critically. But I was like, oh, is so she just gonna? Because I was like, oh, Zuko's good now, so they need a new Zuko to uh, like want to. So I was kind of worried it was just gonna be like that simple. Like yeah. she was a spy. She even, she is, which she does do what Zuko was doing because the Fire Lord is like, well, Zuko isn't doing that anymore. So it makes yeah. sense, and they established her and stuff. It's not just like, but at the same time, when they introduce her, mm. um, Zuko's still kind of going through his whole yeah. character arc, and she's kind of there to be that like yeah, she's devil on his shoulder. Yeah, like. she's introduced at the perfect moment. I yeah, think. princess. I'm afraid the tides will not allow us to bring the ship into port before nightfall. I'm sorry, Captain, but I do not know much about the tides. Can you explain something to me? Of course, Your Highness. Do the tides command this ship? Uh, I'm afraid I don't understand. You said the tides would not allow us to bring the ship in. Do the tides command this ship? No, Princess. And if I were to have you thrown overboard? Would the tides think twice about smashing you against the rocky shore? No, princess. Well then, maybe you should worry less about the tides, who've already made up their mind about killing you, and worry more about me, who's still mulling it over. I'll pull us in. Yeah, and I love how, like, she obviously has this, like, this power dynamic about her. Like, every, she's, like... She's like a, a leader, and uh, she she like Zuko wants to be like her dad. Yeah, but she's just willing to go to much greater lengths than Zuko, and she's just pure evil. Even when you see her as a kid, yeah, she's just evil. She's very much her father, and Zuko is very much like her mother. Yeah, his mother. Yeah, their, their, their mother. mother. <laughs> God. Yeah. But, but um, it's so interesting to see all that just like kind of crumble away near like in season three. Yeah, because you got you got Tylee and uh, the other girl May May. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they're like her like henchmen uh-huh. or whatever hench girls at first, and and it, I, um, I like how they kind of show how manipulative Azul is because especially when she's trying to get Tylee to join her and yeah. Uh, Tylee's like, I'm good here at the circus. I'm yeah. fine. And then she like does something to basically just scare and intimidate her into joining. And yeah, oh, it like, was okay. when she went to her show. Yeah. And she you could tell Tylee's like, I don't want her here. And they're <laughs> like, Oh, take the net away and light it on fire. <laughs> and she's like, Okay, Where fine, I'll join you. And just shows it's not like they like Azula that much, but sh- they were manipulated into joining her. And yeah, that, that's a really good way to establish and, Azula. Yeah, and then that all falls apart in the episode where May helps... Well, May and Tylee... The prison help. escape? Yeah, the prison escape yeah. one. And that's just... That was just like... 
like when Ty Lee just like paralyzes Azula, yeah. just beats her down. That's like the catalyst, and like from then on, yep. you just start to see Azula just go crazy. Yeah, because she starts realizing like, oh, I'm on my own, and like the people I thought were my friends, even though I like emotionally abused them, are against me now. And she's yeah. just like going and insane. And she starts mistrusting everyone. Yeah, she's firing everyone all the way to the point that she's the only one yeah. in the palace. Azula, we heard what happened. Why have you banished all your servants, all your Dai agents, and the Imperial Firebenders? None of them could be trusted. Sooner or later, they all would have betrayed me, just like Mei and Tai Li did. Azula, we are concerned for you and your well-being. My father asked you to come here and talk to me, didn't he? He thinks I can't handle the responsibility of being Fire Lord. But I will be the greatest leader in Fire Nation history. Oh my god, she's in, oh man, the scene where she really loses it and she just like cuts her hair and her and, Zuko, her and Zuko's Agony Kai is like one of the coolest fights in the whole show. Oh yeah. It's insane and her blue fire is like really just crazy. I'm sorry it has to end this way, brother. No, you're not. Blue fire is like way more hot than normal fire in real life, so it just shows how like powerful and crazy she is. And it's kind of it's cool that it's like kind of unique to her. Yeah, and then she's just like shooting lightning left and right, like she's so reckless. But yeah, um, the scene where uh, they basically get her down and they lock her to the thing on the they like kind of handcuff her and trap her to the uh, the grate or whatever on the floor, and she's just like freaking out and like yeah. breathing fire and like <laughs> con uh, contorting on the ground and crying. I was like, yeah, that part's like genuinely unsettling when yeah. she's just losing her mind and crying and breathing fire and screaming on the floor. I'm like, this is like creepy. <laughs> it like creeped me out when I watched it as a kid. I was like, like, when, when every, like when she's just lost control of everything, she's yeah. just... She just goes crazy. Just totally lost her mind. And yeah, that scene always sticks out in my mind Like it's, when I think about it. It's just so interesting. And um, and it's cool because you think she's just like really... She comes across as this really like disciplined, like... Yeah, really like smart. Determined, smart, but you realize how full of herself she... Like she thinks she can control everything. And when she realizes she can't, that's... You realize how insecure and like you know messed up she is in her head and stuff and yeah, yeah she, I, I love that even her just having to be another villain they still they develop her in a way where it's like she's not just the same villain throughout like she goes from like you know a threat who just shows up every once in a while to you see how she just falls into like this craziness, you know, hmm. um, a lot of shows just have the bad guy. Like they just stay like the same amount of bad. They don't really develop in any way and not develop like, Oh, we get to learn about how traumatized and sad they are. It's like, no, I mean, develop their motivation for why they're doing what they're doing, you know, yeah. and it makes them even worse in a way. And yeah, even like the episode where, there's sort of like the one episode that humanizes her a bit when the beach episode and stuff. And, but yeah. you see how like awkward like she is at socializing with people. <laughs> it's so funny. It's like, yes, we can, we can get together and then, and then we'll take over the world. Like, whoa, what? Yeah. She's <laughs> trying to flirt and she's like, yeah, you and me can hang out. And 
then we will dominate the planet and stuff. And <laughs> it's, it's, like, oh, it's right. super funny. Yeah, but. I actually really um, like the episode was a bit is a bit off putting at first. It was weird. You could tell it's, it's kind of fan servicey. Like they're all in swimsuits a little bit, but it's yeah. still it's still such a good development. Especially <laughs> it's still such a good development episode. Especially when they're all on the beach around the, the fire at fire, night. Yeah, that's such a good scene. Yeah, see, that's the thing that like differentiates it from most like filler fan servicey episodes mm-hmm. is that there is still like something to it yeah you still take something away from the episode where it's like that wasn't pointless you know, yeah you're like okay i learned something about these people yeah um, and it still and you, is interesting to like put those characters in that setting yeah of, like so a, some sort of like high school drama yeah or it's one of those moments of world building where it's like oh cool so this is what like fire nation teenagers do <laughs> yeah you, you learn a little something about a lot you learn a lot about fire nation culture yeah and it's really cool it's like a mean girls meets avatar <laughs> like the village with the lady in the water the mm-hmm. that episode is really like weird and interesting and um yeah that although i like, always thought like ang how do you not realize that that's guitar yeah <laughs> Yeah, she's like ten feet away from you. <laughs> For real. <laughs> Wait, Katara? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I was I was watching this YouTuber that I watch. It's called Cosmodor. He t- he does a lot of videos on like animated shows mm-hmm. and movies, and he had a whole episode dedicated to his least favorite episodes of Avatar. And that was really, uh, um, that kind of helped me like refresh my oh, memories yeah. of the show. Totally. Um, but yeah, with like the beach episode, he's like, he, they knew what they were doing with that. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. With the beach scene. It's like surprisingly, Tylee. like it's surprisingly like kind of risque. Yeah. <laughs> like Tylee is like the biggest, um, she was like waifu bait. On yeah. that episode. But I mean, <laughs> they make much. fun of that because all the guys are like obsessed with her and <laughs> no one's paying attention to May or Azula. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Yeah. They, they, they totally know what they're doing and that's why it's funny. It's like, uh, yeah, I probably would have uh, fallen victim to that if I were the right age yeah. watching that show. And May and Zuko's relationship is so freaking funny. The way they talk. <laughs> I don't, it's so like emo I, yeah. dating relationship. <laughs> they're, they're super making fun of like emo types. Yeah, and it's like I don't hate you. I don't. <laughs> I don't hate you too. It's like so dumb. I also love the way that they portray like teen relationships, even with Suko, and I, I keep forgetting her name. Tylee. Uh, no, no. Uh, oh wait, no. Um, I mean Sokka. I said Suka. It's wrong with me. Oh, Suki. Sokka and Suki. Really? Is it I never yeah. even realized. I never I don't think I ever <laughs> really funny. Yeah, Suki, yeah, I don't think I ever really connected that actually. But just like the way that they portray just like when they're like sitting down and just kind of like leaning next to each other, yeah. I'm like that has such like high school relationship energy, yeah. right? That, there. That, that's what's so good about this show is the they they do not skip out on like subtleties and making things believable just in yeah. body language or expressions or how people it's just you like, know, yeah, handle. we're dating. We we lean on each other. Now. Yeah. We can't now. We gotta stand six feet apart. Yeah. <laughs> it's so it's so just 
it's I don't know, it's good. Yeah, <laughs> everything is great. Yeah, so I mean, we've been, we've actually we've, been talking about it for a while. Yeah. So like closing statements. Let's let's talk. I guess the last thing we can talk about is like how how did you feel about the finale of the show? Finale. Um, I really I remember really thinking that I I genuinely really wanted Aang to kill the Fire Lord. Yeah. I, when I watched it, I knew it would have happened. Like, so I was, I understand, yeah. like, I don't really a hundred percent feel like it was a cop out yeah. that he didn't end up doing it because it was kind of almost the, a worse, the punishment um, he gets is like worse, almost, because almost worse than, uh, he can never bend again and yeah, he's just he never, locked away for life. Yeah. And he like, has no power, loses his anymore. power and he has to live and see his son be fire Lord. And yeah, in a way that that's why I like, when I, I mentioned this earlier, how, yeah, maybe in a more mature like if it wasn't Nickelodeon, maybe they would have had him die or something. But yeah, I, but it, it's like a bat. This... It's like the Batman aspect where he just doesn't want to kill people, and I think they pull that because that is like a tropey thing where the hero doesn't want to kill people. But but I think they, they make it, it interesting for for Aang because like he's constantly being influenced to kill yeah. the Fire Lord. Everyone even, is saying even kill like him. the past avatars that he's communicating yeah. with. They're like, yes, kill him. He's literally he's, the everyone like all of his friends past avatars it just shows how how well ang knows himself and yeah. how he knows and it is it is a, a real conflict for him too. yeah and i love that aspect where there and there's even the episode where he's just like I, i'm gonna have to kill him like yeah. that's how the episode ends he's like i'm gonna have to kill the fire lord like i can't not do yeah. that and then, and then he, he learns like, that technique. He goes to Spirit World and learns the technique of how to take away bending, and that comes back for that, and it's just great. And you can totally like I remember watching it. And it's like the fight itself is a super cool, by the way. Yeah, um, but the way when he finally you know locks them all up and he goes up to him and he's like about to like snap his neck and then he just <laughs> takes his bending away and it's so it's so cool like they they still made it really cool yeah in the end it still was satisfying i just remember having that like strong feeling yeah it's like but, uh, we, but I, when we it's all just do. like no i'm not gonna i'm not gonna kill you i'm gonna take away your powers I'm yeah like, all right and okay. I, I think it's a, a pretty good that. message for you know like a kid's show you know not to not just be like which I mean, for evil dictator who killed tons of people and whatever, but for a you know a show like this, I think it it fit the message of what the show is kind of trying to communicate. Yeah, which yeah, which I think is good because it's not like it's not like they let him just be a citizen. It's like okay, you can't bend, so just be. It's like no, you're locked away for be your a life. Good guy. Okay, I will. Yeah, it's like no, we're taking away your powers and your power. <laughs> government power and you're going to be locked away and miserable for and rest you're, of your you're, life and you don't deserve we're not going to kill you but you're going to yeah. want to kill yourself it's not like <laughs> everyone forgives him it's like they still show it's like yeah he was evil and he is locked away and going to be miserable forever like he doesn't come back for legend of Korra, does he no, okay good because no, no, no. that was one thing that i was afraid of was like oh well it's i'm not pretty sure he would be dead by that point like okay, I couldn't. Gone. I don't really know no. exactly how far ahead. Korra it is. honestly rarely incorporates characters from Airbender. It's like okay. a lot of their children. Like the head of the police is Toph's daughter, who is like a lot older. Katara is the only one who's like alive in that show at first, and she's really mm -hmm. old. Um, but everyone else is dead. 
but you get to see some flashbacks of them being older, which is really cool. Like you get to see Aang older with a beard and stuff. <laughs> and but all, all the a lot of the characters in that show are like their children. Gotcha. Uh, which is cool. That's what, there is a lot about Korra that I like, um, but it's just each season kind of wraps up everything. And then the oh, next okay. season is a whole new thing. There's not like, like they weren't sure if there was going to be another season. Kind of, yeah. Mm. And a lot of it just, the characters aren't as, they're still good characters, but they're just, you can't top the characters in Last Airbender. It's really, yeah. and they're good, but. Especially when you're comparing like one season to like three seasons of them just growing together. Yeah. But for a sequel show with all new characters, just being in this more developed world where like cars are starting to become a thing and stuff. It's really, it's yeah. cool and it's really well animated. Uh, it's like <laughs> gorgeous and core is a cool character and yeah, I like it's worth watching if you really loved last airbender, but it's nowhere near as good, but I still like it. There's a lot of it cool it still does world world building stuff really well and whatnot but yeah mm -hmm. it's just you can tell that it's just disappointing because there's like a really cool villain and then they kind of like just wrap up that whole thing in season one and then season two is a different thing and um yeah. it just it's hard to like get connected to the show because they keep wrapping things up after each season and it's still gotcha. only a couple seasons like the original show kind of like um, american horror story yeah but it's not like <laughs> one long journey that's like has a really epic awesome satisfying conclusion okay uh it's just like each season is kind of its own thing okay. sort of but it's still really good maybe one of these days i'll check it out yeah. i'm actually more just like i kind of just want to rewatch avatar again it, it's one of the most rewatchable shows the only thing me. holding me back is kind of like what we mentioned earlier is like it's like, harder to watch the first season yeah like without all the characters we like and going back to things not being as developed but yeah it's really exciting to see it all play out again and to notice some things maybe you didn't notice the first time it's like true. every time i watch it it's honestly still really fun to see them yeah. like go through all that but also i'd i'd want to get like my own copy because i yeah get the series on blu-ray yeah I, I i used another source when i uh <laughs> yeah when i watched it this time i actually recently um, I realized it was still on my computer and I yeah. had to, that's taking up a lot of space there. <laughs> yeah. And um, I know we just kind of fanboyed over like the story and characters and stuff, but just real quick, I don't want to take up too much more time because this is a long one, but I, I also just want to point out, I think the, like the art direction in the show is fantastic and the animation itself, um, you know, yeah. normal like dialogue walking around is like nothing mind blowing, but I the action and combat animation is great mm -hmm. and exciting, and it's just really well done. And the music is super good too. Like the credits song is really. But yeah, the without music, a doubt, I've probably already used it in yeah. editing this <laughs> episode. Good, <laughs> but it's um yeah, the music in the show is great. I just think as a, a whole package, there's I just love everything about it and. Some of the most memorable, likable characters in any show I've watched. Um, uh, yeah. Really satisfying, one, like my favorite ending to a show. It just, nothing about it's disappointing to me. And I think that's why it's still my favorite show because every time I watch it, I still like feel emotional and I still get excited to see things happen again, even though I've seen it like five times. Yeah. And yeah, it's just great. And uh, if you want to wrap up your thoughts too, I know I, I talked a lot this episode <laughs> too. Um, but I just, I want you to speak a little more while you can. Yeah. I, I just, overall, I, I really enjoyed it. Like if, you, I mean, you can tell already by all my 
statements and my desire to just watch it again. There aren't many shows that I'm just like, I really want to watch that again. Mm. Um, so that says a lot, especially since like, like any other kid show. No, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't think so. But this definitely has a lot of mature qualities about it that a person at my age can appreciate even after not growing up with it. Like, yeah. Um, that's just a testament to to how good it is. I mean, granted, like I said, there you know there are some flaws to it or things that I don't don't necessarily resonate with me, especially during the first season. Uh-huh. But the the good overall outweighs the bad, and it's so enjoyable. The characters are are so likable. Uh, there are no like main characters that I ever got tired of there are some i mean main characters that i thought when they were first introduced i'm like i don't know if i'm gonna like this person yeah and then i did end up doing even with like which could show like uh you're that's maybe it's trying to get you to feel what the other characters are feeling at the time yeah it's like i don't know about this guy i don't know about this tough she seems like a jerk (laughs) yeah but yeah i ended up loving uh, like all those characters even like the secondary characters like like May and Ty Lee, they ended up being like a lot of fun. Yeah, I just I really enjoyed it. It I was, it took up like a lot of my life when I yeah. was watching it, and <laughs> when I finally finished it, I was like, man. I mean, I know everyone has this feeling when they finish a show that they yeah. like, and they're like, "What do I do with my life?" But like seriously, I was like, oh man. Like I remember, like I would come back home for for lunch from work and i would watch an episode or or two nice of avatar and i'm just like i don't want to watch anything if it's not avatar yeah it's just nice to come home to and it's always sad because i can watch the whole show like really quickly and i'm part of me is always like oh i wish there was more but that's just me because i love it so much it's it's the perfect length yeah like it didn't need to be they knew the story they wanted to tell and i appreciate that they were like, yeah, three seasons. That's enough. Like, it's a pretty, it's a yeah. short show, but it's intentionally th- that way because they know the story they wanted to tell and they didn't stretch it too thin. And I love when shows do that. It's, it's so appreciated. Yeah. And they, you know, they didn't try to, you know, add on a filler season of like a bunch of nonsense. They just three seasons do your yeah. thing. It's and not like we, the we have Walking a, Dead. Yeah. <laughs> exactly and Shots fired. prime example for that and um yeah it's just great and i still really love it when when did you first like hear about the show because i know you didn't grow up with it but did you ever like kind of know um, about it yeah i remember seeing like i'd see images and toys of it mm. um i remember seeing a lot of appa plush toys oh yeah uh, that was a big thing I would actually get Avatar and Naruto mixed up because I didn't know either (laughs) of those, but they both have like this little kid in like an orange or red robe. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I got those mixed up sometimes. That's hilarious. Maybe sometimes thought they were the same thing, but I definitely knew of the even actually at the time I couldn't tell if he was a kid or not. Oh, right. Yeah. It was just this bald dude (laughs) with an arrow. Right. And then, uh, of course, when the movie came out, that was like 
a whole that was kind of like when it was solidified in my head okay avatar the last airbender is a thing yeah like that's a that's a whole thing that exists Ugh. it's a show that a lot of people love and a lot of people hated this movie should we like watch the movie and, <laughs> and make an, an episode and, about it yeah i i haven't well i, I refuse uh, to watch it i don't know i feel like i would hate life it would be miserable because like i don't like this new show that's coming out that's supposed to be live action I don't even. I don't want that to happen. I I'm really worried about it. It does have the original creators at least, but I I just it seems so unnecessary. It's just how I feel about we like haven't all heard these about remakes it. and yeah. such. Like why fix what ain't broke? You know. And like the the picture they showed of it, it's vague. It's just like a really far shot of Appa and like Aang with his hand on him, but it's like a silhouette basically. But hmm. like it could be cool, but. I feel like if they're just going to tell the exact same story, what's the point? If maybe they're going to do something different, it's like that can exist yeah. and I'll check it out. And but it's also a thing about there's like, no way they can top this, this show. And there's a opinion. thing about like animation, like, like the expressions yeah. and like uh, the attitude of all the characters. You're not going to be able to yeah. recreate it. And so exactly like, what's, what's the point? Because with know? animation, you can, create any kind of imagery and have any kind of setting that you can imagine and with live action you can still do that with cg but it's sometimes it looks really fake it's not believable you're really limited and a lot of the time it's they have to limit like locations and that's the cool thing about this last airbender show is there's so many different areas and places they explore and I just feel like live action limits the imagination of what animation can do. And the big part of the show is the world building and the environments and the cities and places. And I just feel like a live action show would not be able to do that justice. Yeah. And I feel like they, I mean, if the original writers are on it maybe they can do still keep the characters as good as they are, but I just see like remade versions of the characters being really like one dimensional and not as fleshed out. I just, I don't, I don't, if it can't be better, I don't see the point. If it can at least be its own thing, that's completely its own thing somehow, it's fine. And if, I don't know, I'm just, I'm always worried about the idea of If they pulled another Legend of Korra and made just a different story in the same universe. That's what I wanted them to do. I just, I was kind of just hoping they would keep making like three season like shows of like, the next avatar that would be interesting and like each new show is about the next avatar and then because this one it's like folk all the people there like characters from last airbender and then the one if they made another series it could be like all the characters from Korra are kind of like older and stuff and just like keep doing that i think that would be really cool yeah they're not going to do that but yeah because that's the thing you can only have so many wars for each avatar or like go back in time do one of the older avatars that like uh I don't know, like Roku, a show about Roku could be cool. I mean, they kind of like had an episode about him, so we'd know his life, but just, I don't know, it would be interesting, but yeah, um, that's what's, it has so much potential to have more series, and even if, that's the thing about Korra, even though it's not near as good, it didn't ruin the old characters, it's not trying to replace it, it's just like this new thing with new stuff and characters, and it's cool. Yeah, it's it doesn't change anything like... uh, um, it's not like Star Wars or anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but so yeah, I think yeah, I think you're right. I just 
Whatever. We yeah. have a we have a great show. It's almost almost perfect. Yeah. Um doesn't it have like a ninety nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes? Something, like, something that. like that. Yeah, it's, it's like, like the, an almost perfect show. It's one of the best rated shows. Um and then I guess the last thing I'll say real quick or ask, um, do you have a, a favorite episode? I don't know if even I could think of a favorite one, so don't feel pressured to answer. I'll try to um, think of one. It's kind of hard to choose a favorite episode from something that's like an ongoing plot. But yeah, especially since I've only watched them once. Yeah, and if you only yeah, it's hard all to the recall. way through. Favorite? I guess I can mention a few or like moments that really stuck out to you. I guess or like favorite. Well, nothing that I haven't really mentioned before. Yeah. Like the the episode where Appa gets taken away. Yeah, and that becomes like really emotional for for Aang. I love well, like the last few episodes in the season are great. Yeah, I think when they're trying to defeat the the Fire Lord, that's all. Yeah, I love awesome. the I love the invasion. Um, God, I really need to refrain from going on too long, but uh, just a couple. Uh, one thing I want to mention is I love how the show is building up to the eclipse thing. Yeah, and it's like we gotta do it before the eclipse, and then they finally have the invasion on the eclipse, and it just totally fails. Yeah, and like this whole. They've it's like oh it feels like the whole show they've been building up to this moment and it just it fails. Yeah. And that that is just like that I remember that part being so crazy to me. I was like, oh, like what do they do? Yeah, I I was I, I think it was interesting how they like let that happen in the show. Yeah. Where like this whole big Because you really think like being the a, climax a of the show is gonna be the eclipse. Mm-hmm. So but it's totally not. Yeah. I guess another f- specific uh moment that I really loved was I know I mentioned with like Appa getting taken away from Aang and yeah. like Aang being upset, but I really love the moment where like Aang is just like furious and he's um he's like going in avatar mode or whatever. Yeah. And then like Katara comes up to him and is like hugging him. Yeah. And then he just like starts crying. Yeah. He's like, oh gosh. So sad. Um but um yeah, I don't know if I can really think I'm trying to think of one too, but I can't really. I can think of like moments in my head, but like a single episode is kinda hard to pick one out. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked most of like all of season three. Yeah. Of them being in that um, what's the city that they were in? I can't remember the name. Just that big city where like everyone's um hypnotized. Oh and all yeah, that. I thought that was super interesting. Yeah, I don't know. There was just a lot that I really liked, and I liked the episodes where Zuko is. Did I say that right? Yeah, I'm like so tired. Yeah, Zuko. <laughs> Zuko is like starting to turn to, and like joining joining the rest of the gang yeah i love it when he uh reunites with uncle iroh yeah i already mentioned that one episode that i really loved where it was just him by himself basically yeah that really that one really stands out to me yeah that's one of my favorites and um one of my my favorite moment is probably like him uh after betraying iroh and when they finally like you know, make amends and Iroh forgives him and stuff. That's yeah. like one of my favorite moments because, uh, yeah, just they were like living a nice life with the tea shop and stuff. And then Zuko just ruins it all <laughs> and just seeing how all that goes to hell. And then he is still forgiven. 
which is just like be- weirdly beautiful to me because like the way his father was to him. But yeah. he like Iro even after that. Oh, yeah, true. Like any like, mess up, still like yeah, open arms. And it's just <clears throat> great. Yeah, I, I think that show is just has a lot of really. It doesn't like shove lessons in your face, but you learn a lot about like what's important and how mm-hmm. you should be with how you should be to people. You learn a lot through character interaction. Like this is like what's good you know yeah and it does it without like spoon like hey like forgiveness is important and they make it <laughs> like they have a character this is they show it and it's really effective uh way to like i guess teach kids how yeah to, you know a lot of important lessons on tolerance with other nations and people of different <laughs> backgrounds and forgiveness and uh even like when forgiveness can go too far like where to draw the line it's a lot of really important life lessons in that show but it's yeah. still entertaining and intense and it's just great this is great man i'm really glad you liked it yeah it makes me happy i'm glad we understand each other yeah more. <laughs> and yeah and it, it worked out well we both really liked the shows we watched yeah <laughs> so mm-hmm. which i wasn't wor- i wasn't worried about uh, not liking Avatar really. Yeah, um, I was. Just, I think I was just worried you were going to be like, it was okay. No, that, yeah. I, that's all I was worried about. But I'm glad that <laughs> you said you loved it. So, yeah. So there you have it, folks. Avatar, Robin Hood. Good that's stuff. it. I kind of have, and I've had this idea of what we should talk about next. Yeah, our episode. Say it. Since it's like, um, since it's like a recent thing going on right now, I think this would be a perfect time to have an episode about oh. this particular musical group, Gorillas. Oh yeah. What if we had an episode about Gorillas? Yeah, we need time? to. I think okay. I suggested that a while ago, but we wanted to do this first. So. Oh, I don't even remember. I think I mentioned it. <laughs> You're like, let's do the TV episode first, and then I think I mentioned it. It was really brief, but. Uh, I agree. Okay, we, whatever. We, told <laughs> we absolutely need to do a Gorillaz episode. No, yeah, and it would be pretty easy because like, there's a few albums, and you know, and we're the... pretty much on the same page. We have different yeah. favorites, but the albums we don't like, and how we well, no, actually, we, there is going to be some disagreement on some stuff. I think just little things, yeah, like yeah, but I'll um, save it. Yeah, they're they're uh, they're a band that we both like, so I think it would be good. Hey everyone, this is Clifford from the future. So uh, we realized after recording this episode that we had forgotten my recommendation. It was my turn for a recommendation for this episode, and we forgot about it. So I'm editing this now, and I'm recording this right now to give you my recommendation. And my recommendation for this episode is the film Under the Silver Lake. Under the Silver Lake is an A24 film directed by David Robert Mitchell, and it stars Andrew Garfield. Now, I will warn you, Under the Silver Lake is not a film for everyone because, needless to say, I mean, needless to say, it's a really weird film, and so it's not going to be for everyone, but I personally love it. I watched it with some friends via social distancing, uh, we watched it together. I watched it for the second time, and I I loved it even more than the first time because uh, I feel like after rewatching it, I understand a lot more about it. And uh, it's uh, it's a comedy, but also suspenseful. There's a lot of like 
It's got like conspiracy theory stuff in it, but it's just really weird. So if you don't think that you don't, that if you're not the type of person that really wants to be challenged a whole lot in a movie, then it's not going to be for you. But if that is for you, I highly recommend it. It's uh, one of my favorite performances from Andrew Garfield. And uh, yeah, so that's my recommendation for the week. Okay, back to the rest of the episode um yeah so thanks for thanks for listening to this if you like what you heard um uh, well i'm basically just saying what i already have in the pre-recorded outro so yeah. um so listen to that yeah here it is <laughs> stay tuned for <laughs> that um love you all um thank you for listening to the podwood forecast stay safe stay, stay safe, strong stay healthy um we know being at home sucks and is mentally draining, but uh, it, it sucks for a lot of people. But uh, you're that's doing, why you're, we're here. Yeah, you're <laughs> doing. Yeah, we're the saviors. Yes. Uh, but uh, you're doing good. You got this. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> you're doing good. Good job. Don't quit. Don't give up. <laughs> um, all right. Okay. Bye, everyone. See you. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Podwood Forecast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe. And if you'd like for us to give you a shout-out on the show, be sure to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And also feel free to look in the show notes for links to our social media at Twitter and Facebook. And as always, stay beautiful, and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.